0: Another episode of Behind the Bench with Neil Francis, the Cardiff Devils podcast that goes deep into the nostalgia of all things Cardiff Devils. And this week, we have some really good heavy debate for you as we line up all of the possibles of the all-time Cardiff Devils team. I'm Gareth Hewish, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. John Donovan.
1: Good evening, everybody. Uh, Very pleased to be here, and uh, no mention of Rick Rabant, of course, because of the three-season rule. (laughs) There you go. We got it out of the way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we're joined by our very talented
0: Mr. Producer, Herbs.
2: Uh, Good evening. I did suggest a wild card so everyone could have one player nominated, but that would have been for two years. So, again, Rick Rabant would not have been included.
0: (laughs) (coughs) And of course, the man on the marquee and the man who uh, is in charge of this endeavour, Mr. Neil Francis. How are
3: you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling the pressure now. Aren't I? I'm going to get lots of hate mail from uh, from ex-teammates and stuff about why they didn't make the <laughs> cut. And yeah, yeah. Todd oh, did
1: very much seem to put the shoulder on you that you're. <laughs> <done>. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I put it straight in black and white. There's only one way yeah. the blame coming. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk through the rules. Yeah. I was going to say it's it's been a it's been a tough week as it is because uh, after the big revelation at the end of last podcast, Mm -hmm. um, I've been stood up. Is he not not, accepted, Grant Morrow? Not stood stood me up. Which I mean, I put it down to to two things: either he's a very busy man. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he's running a construction company in uh, in British Columbia, or he hates my guts because he might have listened to a couple of um, episodes. So it's one of the other ones. But uh, as of now, uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm still in the, uh, in the promised land. Has it been rejected or has it just not been No, answered? no, no. No, it's just leaving me hanging. Okay. So there's still hope then? I'm not giving up hope.
2: <laughs> Sounds hey, like my dating life.
3: JD, I think
2: you're going to have to send a, send a request in as well. Uh,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I, I hope he has listened to the podcast and hates Franny because at least we're getting some listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, and we did say we were we were aiming to branch out to BC, didn't yeah. we? So, so.
1: <laughs> we'll
0: keep you uh, updated with all of the uh, latest One Punch news, as we have done for the last 18 months. <laughs> so let's go through the rules
1: for this uh, endeavour. No, sorry, so, before we do, Gaz, can I just ask... I, st- I went on the Inferno last night for the first time in years. I get grief about, oh, he's going to nominate for a band. You've mentioned One Punch on every episode. You don't get grief for any. One
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Punch was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. And, um, I, and I, I think I remembered the interpreter. It was steve wasn't it? The interpreter yeah. in Angry, remember? We, I, I forgot about Steve-O. him. steve Yeah, but the, uh, the pod needed characters, and that's what... One Punch Brings in um, and uh, long may we mention his name every week. I still love Cannonball. Cannonball's an underrated <laughs> character. For yeah. me. Hey, and that's a job for producer hubs. If he could get footage of Cannonball everybody could see what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who's Cannonball? What have I missed? Oh,
0: oh, oh I <laughs> up Did you know he listened when he went on payroll?
2: No? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, a,
3: YouTuber, YouTube, I want I'm a YouTuber. I, yeah, That's why we brought hubs on so we could get one more listener. Yeah. There we go. It's paid off. <laughs> okay.
0: The rules. Eventually, when the voting begins, you can vote for six players. One goalie, two defensemen, three forwards from each of the defined eras. The defined eras are this. The first decade, 1986. 1996. The second era is the Super League era, running from 1996 to 2003. (laughs) The third era is the first decade of the Elite League, running from 2003 to 2014. And the final fourth era is the Devil's New Era, which runs from 2014 to the present. The criteria for selection. The player must have played for the Devils for at least three seasons. Uh, To clarify, this can be three seasons across a different era. So you may have started playing 95 and played one year, 95, 96, and then two years in the Super League era. You would be eligible to be voted into one of those eras. Franny, have I got that correct?
3: Correct. It's Do not
1: the Ivan Matulik
3: rule. It's the Ivan yeah. rule. Yeah, we've had the Rick Bamp rule, which is uh, yeah. one season doesn't count. <laughs> but are we and... accepting Tyson Strachan, though, for Fee? <laughs> I
4: don't that want be. to accept
3: Fee. Fee's got our own Devils All-Time team. There's one player on it, and it's Tyson Strachan. <laughs> <Yeah>. Episode done. <10. laughs>
0: and the second criteria is that the player must have won at least one major title as a devil or being on the world record setting team from 2010 2011 and just for clarity the 2007 british knockout cup
3: is being counted as a major trophy it, it was the one that everyone wanted to win that year and we got it <laughs> it was it was uh it was actually i think harder to win that than it was the playoffs or so maybe especially if you call cup it was it was a it was a I long th- I it don't think we played a, a home life. game
0: during the entire competition
3: because probably the, the best probably the best trophy the club's ever won. <laughs> a Away final on Coventry Ice as well wasn't it? Yeah shutout as well I think was it was three 0 well there we go it's uh <laughs> Yeah, let's not let's not talk down the BK Cup. <laughs> so the all-time Devils team
0: will eventually be four goalies, eight defensemen, twelve forwards,
3: and we will also name two coaches. Okay, and this is this is something else that I want to let you know about. I'm not sure if you do. Um, shirt uh, producer extraordinaire Andy Corcoran is uh, has got a design for this shirt. And we will be producing two shirts for every player that eventually gets selected into the team. So not the ones we nominate tonight, but when it goes out to the fans vote, and we'll talk about that in a second. um, When we get down to who is our all-time team of devils, um, there will be two shirts. We will hopefully send them across to the player to get him to sign one and send it back. And the other one the player gets to keep as a little thank you from us. So those jerseys will then be up for grabs um, and we'll give details or Todd will give details um, after the team has been picked on how the fans can get hold of that jersey. Franny, is it true
2: that the actual prototype
3: jersey is a 93
2: Provence jersey, one prototype, especially for John to bid on?
3: It's got strawberries over it as well. Absolutely. Happy days.
1: (laughs) All the money in the world.
0: (laughs) And it should be stressed that when the voting does open, you're not uh, bound to vote in every era. If you've only been a relatively new fan, you can just vote for your favourites from this era. If you're long in the tooth, like uh, all of us, then you can vote in every era, of course. But let's get cracking. The first decade of the Cardiff Devils, 1986 to 1996, Let's throw it over to you, Franny. Let's have some of the uh,
3: potential nominees. Yeah, uh, and obviously I'm going to need uh, John's memory bank for this. But, I mean, the, the goalies themselves, and, and this is it's where it's already going to start to get complicated in terms of which era do you uh, put guys across. But a lock-in for a nomination for me for one of the goalies has got to be Wembley hero Jeff Smith. Mm-hmm. Does, yeah. it, does everybody agree with that? Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the, the other two considerations then are Jason Wood, mm-hmm. uh, who I think in the 1991-92 season, because uh, he came as a, as a youngster before that. I think he was very young. But then that 1991-92 season, he split the games pretty much with Jeff, uh, obviously showed his potential, and then took over as number one the next year. And the following two seasons, um, we won the double-double, didn't we? League and...
5: The like Grand, Slam, Grand Slam,
3: yeah, Grand Slam 92 93, and then the double in 93 94. Yeah. Um, so you can't underestimate Jason Wood. Uh, and then this era also saw uh, the debut of Stevie Lyle, um, who came in in that 94 season. That's when we were out in Europe, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Woody ends up getting knocked okay. out. By Kip, Noble? Uh, by Kip Noble, slap shot in the head. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we might mention Kip Noble in, the, in another era, but uh, we may. Uh, so he gets knocked out. Then Stevie Lyle comes in, um, performs heroics, and uh, you know then goes on, uh, you know against the, the Russian teams, and was just unbelievable, wasn't he? And then you know yeah. what a career then Stevie Lyle had. So I mean, I think this is our first. First debating point already, quite early doors, is is who gets that second goalie spot? Because for me, Jeff Smith is a lock in, yeah. Wembley hero, and
5: then yeah, Jason I mean,
3: Wood sorry. get the first
2: ever um, shutout in Wembley as well. Yes, he in did. The yeah,
1: after shutting, uh, after also getting a out at Wembley as a member of the uh, England team years before, yeah. Woody's listening here. Yeah, yeah, I think you make it a great make a great point, uh, Franny. I think it would be easy just to say Smith and Lyle. I think Hubs recognizes that you got a shutout against. Murrayfield in a in a nine nil um, yeah. playoff semi final on the Friday night, and that was unheard of, as you know, Franny. And, and well, and, and Murrayfield
3: so. always had that high well, they, potent first yeah. line, didn't he? They, the well, they, Tony they Hammond, had and Brees,
1: then they had Hand, they Palmer. had a, a Palmer, Just
3: Palmer. Yeah, what a
1: line! Um, so to get a to get a shutout at Wembley was something, you know, huge. So and also, you know, he won a Grand Slam, and, and we've only won the Grand Slam once. So and then you go on to Stevie Lyle, and I know Stevie kind of qualifies because he goes across uh, the years, but. You know, you know I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Devils and a City fan, and, and I was thinking of this across my two sports today. If, if Cardiff City had maybe won the FA Cup in, in 2008, we in the final, what have you, maybe this would been different. But I think probably the, the greatest kind of sporting um, fairy story I've ever seen was, was Stevie Lyle as a 14-year-old winning player of the tournament in the European Cup.
3: Uh, oh, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say... I thought you were going to say Stevie Lyle as a fourteen-year-old getting into Winston's nightclub. a that, that, that <laughs>
1: <definitely, yeah. laughs> mustache early. But well, he did have a big beard at fourteen. <laughs> he did
3: have but, big beard. <laughs> yeah. So no, I and when I, he and when he tried when he tried to lie about his age, he'd been all over the papers as this fourteen-year-old yeah, uh, schoolboy prodigy. <laughs> yeah. And the bouncers weren't having any of it. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I did I did break you off in your track. no no no. But no.
1: I I just think that that I, I I was I was just thinking about it today and thinking I I'm not sure in my. My, my two sporting teams are the Devils and Cardiff City, and I'm not sure there's a better fairy tale story than than the Stevie Lyle one in that European Cup. And then you know Jeff Smith, you you guys know when when you kindly kind of indulge me to do the, the 1990 Wembley episode, just how much that that means to me. So the, the, the in this era, it was the goalies that were really the the biggest. Debate for me. Um, I must admit, if I was a bat fan and I was voting, and I know Franny, I'm not sure if we're allowed to do this or not. I, I would vote for Smith because of Wembley '90, but I think uh, I, I think Woody's. You know, it's hard to rule out a netminder shut out at Wembley and won a Grand
3: Slam. Yeah, yep. and and I think as Stevie Lyle comes up in two other eras, uh, such as his sort of longevity, I think that we park Stevie Lyle for now and we we put in Jeff Smith, Jason Wood. Um, so they'll go. They'll go out to the vote. Yeah.
1: If 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 Gaz, I know you were less around at this time, although following them. But but hubs, uh, you you were
2: very much there. Would you? Would you? One hundred percent. So Jeff Smith was the the first standout goalie of the club who who raised the bar of British um, netminding, and then obviously Woody came in as that that young face and served the club from that point, point um and had a, a great career with the club as well, and brought a, an athleticism that hadn't been seen to net-minded at that point. Um, I understand. And painted,
3: and painted goalie masks as well. I painted the woodpecker. Um, the woodpecker,
2: yeah. But I will, I will they're say. the two. When, when you look at that era and you look back at the memories, you look back at the, the videos from those uh, those those times, those are, those are the two for me. All right. All
0: right. I funny you should say about
2: the goalie mask
0: is that I, my first game was 1995. And as I first came into the rink, that's the first thing I saw in warm was the Woody Woodpecker mask. Okay. And I remember thinking, how cool is this? I've never seen this in any yeah. other sport. So Do really you remember that the- mask, in some way, it's Iconic, it's yeah. probably started my fandom even before I saw Mike Way and thought, oh, that's the coolest thing of <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. And we, think- we must go on because we've got, we've got four eras to talk about in total. But whenever I think of Woody and Woody's, Woody, Woody Woodpecker on his mask, there's those credits of was it like the uh, sky tv show and there's really yeah. like showing yeah, the mask up close yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go anyway they, they they flash up on uh on the flashbacks that uh, i always enjoy watching every friday night or whatever it does yeah, so I does those? sorry I, I, I just
1: want to give credit i don't know who the guy is
3: eagles mate, well, it's one punch. It's, <laughs> one punch it's one punch with this product company no uh um I, I don't know who it is. We're not going to name them because they don't name themselves. They but don't, they're, so. they're down as Ice Something Eight uh, on YouTube. Um, Eagles eight. So I think they, they yeah. played for the Cardiff Eagles wreck ice hockey team. Yeah. So if you they do job.
4: yeah, yeah.
3: Hell yeah. of a job bringing back some nostalgia. Love yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. We got some defense to sort out. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to be honest, I think the two guys, and we don't <laughs> want to obviously sway the fan vote, but The two guys in this era that are absolute standouts speak for themselves. Shannon Hope, Stephen Cooper, the finest pairing in the whole league for many, many a year. Um, And you know, you you could argue that you could put them in any era, and that would be a top t pairing. They had a bit of everything, didn't it? Had the flash of shiny, um, all the spinner armors, all that kind of stuff, Um, but gritty as well, tough when he had to be. Absolutely. Uh, And then Stephen Cooper. Best British defenseman, hands down. There's an argument to say he was the most influential British player ever, mm-hmm. uh, including Tony Hand, because of the amount of trophies that Stephen Cooper won. And obviously, you know, in partnership with his brother, Ian, that we'll talk about in the forwards. But uh, Stephen Cooper, what a player. I
1: completely agree. I think Stephen Cooper was a, was a Rolls Royce in that. My, Mike O'Connor always said, and Mike O'Connor obviously tied up with Sheffield Steelers and a great servant of British ice hockey he always said when he played with Stephen Cooper in Durham it was having an extra import that that's why whoever had Stephen Cooper and, and you know Ian as well yep. that's where the trophies went that's why you won the league because it was like having two more imports in a in a limited import league and and um and then Shannon Hope I got, I've always got a sauce off for Shannon because he was my first ever kind of favorite player um because I just, you know, when he we got a nickname Shannon the Cannon, I, when when I'm a kid, I, I can't help but like a guy called Shannon the Cannon, and and just his skating ability, um, you know, he was tough for any boy. Could Shannon fight when he yeah. wanted to? He was sure. a tough tough guy, but he was he was silky. He was he was a great clubman. He was maybe the first really big Cardiff Devils clubman. Obviously Lawless yeah. and what have you, but but yeah. Shannon always had times for. The kids like me and 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 what have you so um yeah shannon sh- shannon uh still is a bit of a hero so Stephen well, and Shannon Hope, yeah to,
3: to this to this day if i speak to someone that's not like a follower of the ice hockey but they find out that i've been involved in the ice hockey there's one name that comes up more often than not is like oh, i used to know someone involved in the ice hockey and it's shannon yeah
4: you know <laughs>
3: and, and we're talking i should have said at the start when we're talking about this devil's all-time team there may be players who are better players, you know, outright. However, we are looking for the players that contributed the most to the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there's player, players that contributed the most. Uh, and when you look at Shannon's overall package in terms of being that character, like you say, Charlie, the first character of the, of the Devils, a name that's hanging from the rafters, a name that is still known and, and talked about today, um, yeah, bought into everything Cardiff, and uh, yeah. um, even just for his interviews at the end when we won something, him and uh, Wales. And, and Bob, him and Bob yeah. Humphreys had a little thing going on, didn't he? So, mm-hmm. so that was great. Yeah. So the next, the tough bit now, and uh, you know, it's after the Lord's Mare parade. Who makes up our, our alternative picks? I feel sorry for these guys because they haven't got much chance. There but you
1: know. uh, <laughs> but I think they respect that, Freddie. I think I think any of the guys that play. Yes. With- Cooper and Hope because of the minutes they played and because of what they did, I I don't think, Hey, you were in the locker room with him, Franny, so you can speak, but, but you know, a, a guy like Paul Heavey went on to be a, a superb coach for Cardiff Devils as well. And, and, you know, he, I, I think Paul Heavey would probably honestly defer to Shannon Hope and Stephen Cooper and say, Hey, you know, they, they were our yeah. guys.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: And of course you had uh, also in this era, I've got down Jason Stone and Mike Ware yeah, both of them also flip into the next era, um, and there's probably there's probably a bigger shout for them in the in the next era. But uh,
4: yeah,
3: all right. If we're gonna go with a four, let's go in with Paul Heavey. Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I like it, it's a hard one. That fourth one. I know he didn't. He, he was part of the Grand Slam winning team. I, I like Derek King. I think Derek King had a hard time. He had to come in and beat Stephen Cooper. Basically, he yeah. wasn't. I like Derrick King. And and a guy you grew up with, uh, Franny, you know, Lee Carson was was a guy who came through the ranks and 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 did well at the Devils and he was on a, yeah. a double-winning team. So you know he 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 gets shouts as well. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to leave this this fourth pick to uh, to you, Franny, in terms of who you think was um, you know maybe maybe had the greatest story on the ice, but also was good in in the locker room. I I think Cooper, Hope, Heavey as a fan, and I don't know how yeah. again.
2: I would. For you. I I would. Lean if the names mentioned though there uh, thus far, I probably lean towards someone like Derek King. Was
3: which... and he and he, did, and he did win something last, didn't he? He won that yeah, yeah. Grand, yeah. Grand, Grand, team, yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Let's do Derek King. Sorry, Cass. Um, but uh, that's just swayed me. The Grand Slam, Derek King, replacing Stephen Cooper in that was it? Yeah. No, we <laughs> on the same team. Were they, the
1: they, they, they were the last season because yeah. the, the Coopers came back to the Grand Slam, yeah. but yeah. I always felt a bit sorry for Hevey and King because they had to come in to replace essentially,
3: the Coopers. And and yeah. he was King. young too, wasn't he? He yeah. was still cage. Oh, yeah. and, yeah. and
1: I think he made a good fist of it. And I think with Derek King, you know, Steve Moria rated him as a player. And I think if Steve Moria rates somebody, yeah.
3: that's that's good enough for me. That's yeah. a good yardstick. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. There we go. There's our, there's our four. Again, in the forwards, uh, there's a little bit more debate, but, you know, that, that one line through through the decade, Steve Moria, Doug McEwen, Ian Cooper, it had everything, didn't he? Yep. Didn't it? Uh, Steve Moria, probably the smoothest player that we've ever had to play play for us, uh, effortless in everything that he did, oozed class in everything. And again, you know, longevity with the club, yeah. a lock-in for me. Doug McEwen, he's not called God for uh, for no reason. Um, you know, some of the things that he did on that ice were just amazing and mm-hmm. I, I just, you can't help get that vision of Rocky Stagner who played in the yeah. NHL chasing him around the net when Doug turned back and uh, and did a loop around his own net before going coast to coast and then putting the puck on the net. Uh, so Doug McEwen, I, I, you know, again, a guy that's uh, ingrained in Devil's history and Ian Cooper, um, you know, quite often he, his role gets a little bit underestimated because of his brother. Yes. But, you know, I think I'm sure if you spoke to Steve Mario, Doug McEwan, um, you know, all the guys that played with him, you know, he made their job so much easier. You know, he was the first guy to to make that office in front of the net where he parked yeah. himself in front, made a nuisance of him, opened up room for his line mates, took so many beatings, yeah. um, you know, cross checks in the back, still went back for more. And uh, that that line had everything that probably the best balance line I've seen
1: completely agree franny my, my my favorite line in kind of devil's history and there have been some some great ones and i think you summed it up perfectly just two things for me to, to say just to add to that franny you you coined the phrase that joey martin is the greatest of all time and, and and i wouldn't argue with that i think the second greatest of all time is steve moria and, and that's despite my love of rick brabant and uh, but he did only play one season for the devils i think in terms of devil's history i think yep. joey martin is just above steve moria for me, I don't think anybody you know saw the ice quite as well as Steve Moria could play and make like Steve Moria, just a joy to watch. And even at 83 years old, which he is now, I think he's um, he could still uh make, make a team. And uh, Doug McEwen, as you rightly say, just you know, poetry, emotion. Um, you know, it was interesting in the Wembley 90 episode, the guy saying they didn't always know what Dougie was going to do, maybe he didn't either, but <laughs> it was, was pretty special. And I'm really glad you mentioned Ian Cooper because. As a young kid watching him take a beating in front of the net, and I remember the uh, the year we won the double, 1990, Murafield had two big defensemen, Steve Moore and Brian McKee, and they kicked, yeah. I won't swear, they, they kicked hell out of Ian Cooper, but Ian Cooper would not be moved. And ultimately, we we were in a shootout with Murrayfield for the league title, and I think Ian Cooper made a huge difference in, in I think we we won the games against Murrayfield, so won the league title, and, and Ian Cooper gave him hell. And I think Ian Cooper... I think, I think Ian, and I don't think you'd mind me saying this, he didn't want to leave Cardiff. So as a result, maybe he doesn't always talk about Cardiff as affectionately as he, as he might because he, he, he feels bitter that he had to leave. But I know deep down that Ian Cooper, you know, loved being a Cardiff devil and I loved watching Ian Cooper.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, for our next three forwards in this era. Uh, and I think when I looked through the list, there were, there were three standouts to, to go on our sort of selection. One's the man himself, John Lawless, um, you know, came in, founded the club. Um, If there's not a role for him as a player, then I'm sure we're going to find a role for him on this Devils All-Time team when we start talking about the coaches' management. Um, But, uh, yeah, even as a player, though, that, uh, you know, that little deke, and then you went across and through that uh, wrist shot uh, top shelf, shooting the scoreboard. You know, he was just a young kid when he came in and set this whole program up yeah. and knew how to kind of win over the fans straight away. With the, he, he, he brought entertainment. It wasn't just sport, it was entertainment. Um, great player in his own right. Very hard to play against. Uh, next one I've got is um, a Welsh guy, probably the first Welsh guy to make it as a high level player. Obviously won the Young British Player of the Year Award, uh, Nicky Chin. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, played on until he was 40. Um, but, um, you know, he went out there, um, made himself big and strong. He was great physique and uh, very, very skillful as well. And, you know, in the years where we were accused of all the checkbook hockey and stuff like that, all of a sudden we had a second line with Jason Stone and Nicky Chin on it, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and we were winning stuff with that as a second line, telling so our homegrown players um, so that was a huge achievement, and then the, the sixth player. Then I've got for selection, and feel free to, if you can think of any more. Um, is Hilton Ruggles, um, who was with us for the three years. Yeah. He put up a hundred goal season.
5: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't care how you know different the hockey was back then. You've still got to put up a hundred goals. And the thing about Hilton is that he didn't even bother trying in the games where it was a shoe in for us to win. Yeah, he just literally could not be bothered. He wouldn't skate. But in the big games, yeah, when you needed your goal scorer, that was his forte. He came out and he put the goals, Three those 100 goals away in big games only because he just did not try against the lesser teams.
1: And 40 of those 100 goals, for Franny, was shorthanded. You don't get the name shorthanded. I, Again, I would agree. I think you know, Jason Stone will probably come into another era. He gets a, an honourable yeah. mention for me, Jason yeah. Stone, a, a real intrinsic part of that second line with McEwen and, and, and Shin. Uh, and I remember the job Jason Stone did uh, uh, on Neil Smith the Pfeiffer uh, at Wembley when Lawless gave him a specific job Jason Stone real team guy but Ginny was was really the first Cardiff superstar and that that was cool to see and um you know we we kind of remember him from the Grand Slam year on and the Mike Rowe punch and that sort of thing I, I remember him from 1991 when when again we lost the Coopers and that's a big hole to fill and Neil Brown and Peter Smith came in, and they're great guys. You know, I've, I've met both of them. They're, they're fantastic guys off the ice and on the ice. They did a great job for the Cardiff Bells, but they weren't Ian Cooper, and neither of them quite matched with, with Moria and McEwen. And, you know, Hilton Ruggles, um, the whole branding of that French connection with Steve Kajir, you know, we, we we'd had and we had Anderson. Unfortunately, they hadn't worked out. We, we just lost Moria, who, who were going to be our star imports. Um, And Kajur came in and and obviously like Brabant only played one season, but was pretty damn good. But Ruggles played three seasons and that guy loved to win. As you say, Franny, in the the big games, uh, he played hard. He was a tough guy. He could play in the corners and that wicked kind of quick release he, he had just would, would beat a goalie and... Uh, That's because the,
3: the curve on his stick was literally yeah. like that. <laughs> he yeah. didn't know how it was going. So the goalie had no, no
1: chance. I goalie had no idea. I always remember that Benson Hedges Cup final when he bent the stick back when he had the, the call on him for illegal equipment on the, <laughs> the stick. But yeah, I, again, Franny, I, I, I can't really argue with you and I, I don't know whether Hub would put anyone else in. I I would I would second all your picks for for, for that forward line.
5: And
2: okay. I just want to add something to the, the actual Chini, um debate um, obviously oh, so you got the likes of Hilton and, and John would have been developed in from kids over in Canada for Chinny to develop how quick he actually developed yeah. as a British player without a background in skating. Cause there was no even ring. The work he must've done. Yes. You can have the, the physique and stuff, but to develop his skating to the standard he got it to, to be able to do that was phenomenal. That's taken kids now, Obviously training from six to eight now through the junior development. Chinny didn't have that, Stoney didn't have that. But to get to the level he got to was absolutely phenomenal, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. We'll here, here. Right.
3: Okay. That's our that's our first era done. Jeff Smith, Jason Woods, Shannon Hope, Stephen Cooper, Paul Heavey, Derek King, Steve Mario, Doug McEwen, Ian Cooper, John Lawless, Nikki Chin, Elton Ruggles.
4: Agreed. Okay.
3: Let's go on. Oh. The Super League. This is where it gets tough. It's a little bit barren in the Super League because <laughs> uh, you had chopping and changing rosters, didn't you? So you, so you don't have that many people that um, meet like the, the three-season rule. And then there were only two trophies won during this era, yeah. which was the, yeah. the yeah. very yeah. first yeah. Super League title mm-hmm. and then the playoff title in 1999,
5: was it? Yeah. yeah. Fr-
1: Franny, before we finish that previous era, and I know you said we couldn't do this, I want to give a shout-out to you. You know, you've been in every <laughs> era. You've been in every era. You started, I, I always remind you, I, I remember that goal on face-off against Whitley Warriors in 92-93. That was the first goal I ever saw you score. You've been in every era. So I know it's going to embarrass you, but I, I think uh, we, we couldn't let this pass without giving a, a little bit of a special mention to Neil Francis.
3: Special category. Yeah. Yeah. Persistence. Hang around. Devil's yeah. legend. Oh, thank you very much, JG. Much appreciated. And swiftly on. Yeah. To the it's Super a, League. It's the think. Super League. We touched something.
2: Because yeah. of the, the hockey type day, was more the players would be coming in and out. with was yeah. that professional money and teams wanted to win. So there was more chopping and changing than there was before and then than what there is now because you build your backbone of your club over years now. So this is why the ISL era is, is going to be quite a tricky one for players yeah. who are fitting the criteria yeah.
3: yeah two trophies only and not many three-year guys so we talked about him in the first era when he started uh, cutting his teeth Stevie Lyle comes in yep. as a goalie in our um, Super League era and I think the only other goalie that qualifies arguably the best goalie ever to play for the club Great. played four seasons Derek Holofsky yeah buried on both those
1: points
3: yep yeah. yeah, so I think I think there are there are only choices. But wow, what a head to head that is! <laughs> that, that is, that's, that's, that's a tough pick. That's yeah. a tough pick. It's a it's a
2: nice pickup, but it's a tough pick. Yes, they haven't even got a helmet designed to separate them either. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Okay, so to our defense. Uh, the first guy I've got written down.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Maybe you should. Yeah, i say the first guy got written down. Um, we talked about him earlier, where he, uh, his slap shot, which he was known for, knocked out Jason Woods and uh, launched Stevie Lyle's career. But Kip Noble, yep. I've got in there four years with the Devils. He was in both of those trophy winning sides. Um, yeah. A premier offensive defenseman, um, very competitive. Uh, I, I think Kip Noble has got to be in there with a. Uh, you know, with a nomination.
1: I, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I, again, I, I saw comments today, which I didn't necessarily disagree with, that maybe he was the first guy whose offensive side was better than his his defensive side. But his compete I'd, level...
5: Yeah, I didn't
3: threat, think he was terrible yeah. defensively because he was such oh. a competitor. So yeah. yes, yes, he, he was more offensively minded. Yeah. But he was also tough to play against. I, you know, he was, yeah. he was intense.
1: I always and, remember he was intense and, and yeah. he played bigger than his size. Yeah. And, and he could play minutes. And he, you know, he, he gives me hope, Franny, because he, he, he looked like he was in the physical condition I am now when I play five-side football with you. But uh, <laughs> he was um, he, he was hell of a player. And, and he was one of those players that excited you if you were a fan. You, you, you were on the ice, Franny. I, I, I was in the stands. And, and when Kit Noble was on the ice and when Kit Noble was making a, a coast-to-coast rush, you know, he excited me. So I, I think yeah. Kip Noble is, is uh, uh, um, yeah,
3: yeah would get one of white picks. I, I also love the fact that every, every sort of bit of media thought he was Dutch-Canadian yeah. because he played in <laughs> Holland. So, so he was always on, on his captions, Dutch-Canadian, Kip Noble, then there'd be interviews. So Kip, uh, you Dutch-Canadian. He, and he'd just be like, nope. No. And he would just <laughs> make the interviewer feel about this big. So, um, yeah. Did he Again, ever try to do a Steve mclaren s
2: Accent. <laughs> no, be be great. Again, to John's point of what he read on the, on the forum the other day, and this is where where you're picking teams like this. It's easy when you look at a, a guy in isolation, but when you're forming teams, you're looking at the chemistry of who you would have played with and so forth and so on. So, yes, you could say Kip is more offensively talented, but Kip Noble is a premier, premier ISL defenseman. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about that. And we're okay. to be on the list.
1: I also, okay. sorry, Just very quickly, Franny, for you go on, because I know we're rushing through. I, I think we need to put the Super League into context. I think maybe the last three years of the Elite League um, were on a part probably maybe better than Super League. But for, for the 35 years we're talking about as, as this kind of devil's hockey, that Super League chunk of years, whoever played in that team, and particularly whoever played in that championship winning team in 96-97, you could class as probably, you know, the best Devils players of all time, arguably.
0: Well, I'd just like to, as a comparison, we've just talked about Hilton Ruggles. In 94-95, had 157 points from 44 games in the British Heineken League. Only two years later, Hilton's playing for Manchester Storm in the first year of the Super League, and he gets 27
2: points from 41
0: games. Goes back to That's his point from the other road.
2: podcast. Remember Vez's point in the mm-hmm. podcast a couple of weeks ago, and that's exactly it. It was, it was chalk and
3: cheese. Yeah. Mm. No. Right, right, okay. Right. So, so, yeah. So, we got to get some more D men in here. So, um, yeah. there's one guy, Gaz, you mentioned him earlier as uh, somebody that sort of ignited your passion for the game, and he, he was box office. <laughs> Mike Ware. Big, big Mike Ware. I remember playing for him against Murrayfield, and it was it was scary because you just did not know what he was going to do. <laughs> and, and it would Keats. Keats took the, the most of the rap because he would always do something stupid, and Mike would lose his mind. I remember him shooting a puck at Keats, and they ended up becoming really good friends. But uh, he was very, he was scary to play against. And then we got him. And my God, did you feel much better having Mike Ware on your side than against you? And to be honest, against anybody. Because you could just be as big, as brave as you wanted because Mike Ware was on, the, on the, um, your roster. So Mike Ware, I think, is a, is a strong contender here for the shortlist. I think he is, is I think,
1: I'm sorry, guys. I just, I, I want to come in with my first controversial point because I, I like to think now I'm the guy, having read a few comments, I'm the guy on the podcast who's hated. So I might as well be an arsehole, <laughs> um, which, which, you know, plays well to my strengths. Mike Ware is a devil's legend. In terms of Super League, I, I think he was great at Murrayfield in that, in that limited input league. In terms of Super League and beyond, I preferred Mike Ware as a forward than a defenseman because I think Mike Ware's foot speed was great. So mm-hmm. while while I classify Mike Ware as a Devil's legend, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say his 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 defense was his best position as a of
3: Devil. I liked him best as a Demon. There we go. And you, yeah. am I bow to you because you're a player? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just.
2: I liked him better when he was on the bench and not causing me any trouble.
3: No, when he was kicked out of the game, you liked yeah, yeah. him better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but as a D-man, because he had that big long reach, I felt he was he really hard, really hard to get around. And then I just had concerns about his-, his foot speed. Yeah. When he got his reach. Yeah, at that point. Yep. Okay, so Mike Wares up for consideration. We're not locking him in yet. Um, <laughs> uh, again, another guy we've talked about. <laughs> You don't play 20 years to the Devils without coming in to the vote. Jason Stone, 20 years for the same team. Um, and he'll play it down and say, oh, it's just because I'm from Cardiff whatever. No, he played through all these eras, didn't he? You know but, uh, And he adapted from being a, a very steady forward. He was nice to play with because he did all the unselfish things. Stephen Cooper gets injured, uh, ACL yeah. injury. And Stoney's got to quickly convert into a d man, and we talked about how good Stephen Cooper was, but we managed without him by having jason stone on d and that that's unbelievable versatility that he then sort of carried on through his career and you know adapted his game you know the older he got, he kind of just he he was we always talked about him as the Goldie's best friend because he was always there to clean up the mess um I tell you what. Other defensemen loved being partners with Stoney. They really enjoyed it. A lot of them had their best years playing with him because he was happy to sit back and let you know someone like a Bergie do his bit. And uh, yeah, Jason Stone. I mean, I, I you all know better than me, John, how many league titles and playoffs, but it's it's a lot uh, that he's won and the BK Cup. His his trophy
1: collection is huge for any and 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 I I just think. As a fan, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Fanny, Franny, as a player, and, and how you were on the ice as an official, Jason Stone. I, we've had three great British defensemen. You had in, in the first era, you had Stephen Cooper, and I think you had Jason Stone, and now we've got Mark Richardson. And I look at Stone, and I don't think he was the fastest skater in the world, and I don't think he was the biggest player in the world. So to me, that means his hockey IQ and what he did on the ice was was pretty damn good.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah. I, I think
1: you
0: really look at the Super League as well. You look at the, the running to the title and he scores that big goal mm-hmm. against Sheffield as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's not like he was a passive super league absolutely yes. you know, um, yeah. play. He's not just in the background, he's contributing in all kinds of different ways. And you know that goal is pretty iconic in the in the terms
2: of that, that title run. Yeah. and yeah. he's playing high up on the lines where if you were a British player in that era, you were normally a forward. Um the the responsibility yeah. of being a British defenseman you had up. to be a lot better than then, um yeah, yeah, you just have and to we, be an we, absolute we standout. You can 5D. be you know, mediocre. Yeah,
1: we, we weren't rolling 5D in Super League. We rolled 6D. I think if, yeah. if memory serves, it was Hope and Evans. I think it was Pope and Noble. And I think it was Stoney and Mike Ware. You know, so I I, I think Stoney was taking regular shifts.
2: You know, and, we, we and wrote, his his IQ, his positioning, I think he got it from a man marking Rip Bank when uh, he was at Durham um and all those games but his 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 hockey IQ and position and, and his desire there, there's one thing that sums up stony is his actually desire and his will
3: will to win okay and then we've got for my fourth suggestion mm-hmm. is a guy i mentioned him on the uh i think the this, this Scaldi podcast cuz they play together um but a very very solid player pound for pound one of the toughest about uh, played for us for, I think, six years, Frank Evans. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Again, probably one of those that that his teammates appreciated, appreciated him more than uh, maybe, you know, casual fans. Yeah. But people that saw him week in, week out just knew how good he was. You know, he's um, a very good all round player uh, and gave you that steal at the back. Yeah.
0: I love Frank Evans. I, when I, I remember again a very young fan coming in, seeing someone the size of Mike Weir and, and being sort of in awe. But I distinctly remember the first time I saw Frank Evans drop the gloves. <laughs> I remember thinking, "Oh, so you don't need to be six foot <laughs> and <laughs> two hundred eighty pounds to uh, to make a difference with uh, with your gloves off." And sort of from there, it kind of gave me an appreciation of of that type of, of defenseman, that hard nosed, sort of gritty defenseman, and uh, you know, it, it was always a shame. I always thought that it, it didn't work out when he came back um, in, in our Elite League year. But I think absolutely uh, 100% worthy of being on this Super League list. Yeah,
1: agree. And and the other thing, just to point yeah. out, no. that Evie made a choice in 97-98 in to to replace McEwen and, and Hope as... Alternate captains, and and Evans got one of the A's. So I, and 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 so I just assumed that's because he was kind of loved by his teammates in terms of what he did. So I I always assumed Frank Evans was a great team guy.
3: Yeah, definitely. And there was no bigger members of the uh, Frank Evans fan club than myself and James Manson. We used to get so excited when we knew he was going to scrap because, <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: and, and we'd all, we'd always bug him about it too. We're like, Evo, you know, you did this and that," and he'd always just kind of be really kind of almost. Well, very humble about it, but uh, we always used to big, big him up and, uh, and watch him sort of cringe a bit, but uh, there we go. So that, that's, that's four we got in there. Kip Noble, Mike Ware, Frank Evans, Jason Stone. They're forwards. They're forwards. Um, okay. Our, our last guest, Vezio Sacratini, came in as a, a trialist. Me and Vez always joke about it, the greatest walk on in sports history, that he came in as a trialist and walked on the team and from third line, I think, was our top scorer that year, maybe. Um, We we talked enough about him on the last podcast and uh, everything that he brought and uh, what a fantastic servant. And again, you can tell when he was telling us how passionate he is about his time in Cardiff. So I think Vezio Sacratini is a very uh, strong contender. Um, The next one I got down is the guy that we voted as the greatest captain of devil's history. um, Mr. Ivan Matulak, who we'll hopefully have on at some, some point in the future um, when schedules allow. Um, So Ivan Matulak, again, part of that, uh, uh, we we, we talked off camera about Ken Hodge and uh, you know, what sort of classy player he was, but he didn't play the, the three seasons, but that, that line with Hodgie uh, Ivan Matulik, and the next name I've got down, Steve Thornton. Frank, um, I think this guy you know, is Steve Thornton. You know, came in.
1: I, sorry, I just think Steve Thornton is one of the most underrated players in Devils history. He never gets talked about. In, I know you're just about to, but he never gets talked about in the same breath as Devils legends. I think Steve Thornton, as a puck handling, skating forward, um, and what he went on to do then in you know what Sweden, and then came back. I think Steve Thornton was one of the best players I watched as a Cardiff Devil.
3: Yeah, he had a, he had a weird style, didn't he? He, um, I remember when he because we signed him midway through the first yeah. year. He'd started off the year maybe in Germany or somewhere, and then we signed him. <laughs> I remember I was getting a lot of ice time up to that point, and then they brought in another <laughs> forwards, so I got bumped down to the to the fourth line. Um, Became very accustomed to, um, but yeah, so Thorns come in and I watched him in the first practice. I remember thinking, "Ah, it's all right, I think I got him here because he looked really like choppy and he had this (laughs) tiny stick, it was up to his waist, it was like a golf club, and you know, really choppy. Never looked like he had control of the puck. And yeah, okay, he ended up putting it in the back of the neck, and then the next drill came and Same thing, he's chopping, he's fighting with his puck. Okay, he's putting it in the net there, but I think he's got a bit lucky. And then he did it again and again. And then we go into the games and he's doing it week in, week out. And like you say, he was class. He just had a very unorthodox style. But, you know, as a goal scorer, a smart player, uh, not the biggest guy, but he was robust enough to kind of, you know, take the checks and, you know, a big competitor. Um, And he... Again, I think was on both those title-winning teams, wasn't he, in this era? Um, yep. And, you know, one of the finest right-wings to play for the Devils. Agreed. Now, this is where it gets uh, a bit tougher to, to nominate our, uh, <laughs> our supplement players for the, for the vote. Um, yeah. Ian McIntyre. I had four years year on my list. Four years with the Devils. When he first came in, he got a bit of a, a bit of stick from the fans. I think I don't think anyone was overly impressed because I think up to then, when you when you go back to the Cadews and the Ruggles, and you got that flash, you know. Or, but then the hockey was so much worse back then than it was here. And, Ian McIntyre was probably one of the first role players yeah. to come into yeah. the devils
5: Absolutely. where,
3: you know, he'd been used to playing in the IHL. I think it was in the American league. And he, yeah, he was there, um, to go in, hit bodies, chip pucks in fight when he had to. And boy, could he fight unbelievably tough, unbelievably tough. Um, but then he really, really grew on the fans end, didn't he over the next sort of three years. And, uh, you know, he became very, very well respected around the league. So I think Ian McIntyre is definitely worthy of a mention in this.
1: Hugely. I, I loved Ian McIntyre. Speaking as a fan, I, I thought his first season, I, I want, well, i got to be honest, I thought he was going to be cut because yeah it was the second year of Super League. We were only playing three lines and we had Sacratini and McCarthy and we were rotating Uchuk and McIntyre for the first half of the season. And neither of them were particularly playing well. And I, I didn't get what Ian McIntyre so that that whole first season I thought was a bit of a write-off the next three he was he was unbelievable he 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 was strong he would hit anything that moved but you know he could skate he could score goals and I remember that year when he was with Moria and Simeone uh and I know you know when you're with Steve Moria you're you, you're gonna look good anyway but I really liked McIntyre he created room for Moria and Moria could just see the ice then and uh he was, he could fight. He, I think, if you go back to what was it, episode three, Gaz, and our, our list of fighters, I like think Ian McIntyre yeah. did he make it onto the Mount Rushmore? If, if not, he got an honorable mention. I, I loved Ian McIntyre, but you're right, Franny. That first season, I was one of those guys in the stand that, that thought he should be cut.
2: I think Franny hit the nail completely on the head. He was in that transition between the leagues and the styles, he was the first really true role player power forward who wasn't going to score the amount of goals that some of the bigger power forwards used to score about three, four years ago. Um, but the style of the hockey was changing that you needed someone like an Ian McIntyre and he was then became pivotal to the teams. And there's, there's reasons why we know in the fan base, there's fans of certain types of um, players. Um, Glenn, for example, loves his power forwards. And when you hear him talk about and when the first people he'll talk about is Ian McIntyre, and it's for those reasons, and and the, the reasons why Cardiff loved those blue collar type players, and 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 he was a great guy as well, great to boot.
3: There we go. Okay, so moving on from those four guys, this is where it gets tough for our next two picks. So I'm going to throw in Merv Priest. Merv was on my list. Merv, swear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did cut short his third season with us. To I think that's when he maybe retired to to join the police. Well he didn't retire, did he? Because he went into the lower leagues then, but he was, you know, he went sort of into a career. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean M a good friend of, of mine and uh, we always rib him, Keith Manson and I about how bad we used to think he was when he was at Murrayfield. <laughs> we thought he we thought he was just this Canadian kid that's come over and because he had a passport they were playing him because they had no other players, because we thought he looked really awful, like really awkward. Uh, and we used to just, I think in games we used just, used to <laughs> chirp him all the time. Um, and then all of a sudden he goes to like, Stoke, was it, under Peter yeah, Woods, yeah, who just absolutely loved him. And he, he ends up like leading the league in scoring. we're like, ah, is this is not the same Merv Priest. But when you got to play with Merv, you realised how super smart he was. And, you know, very, very underrated talent.
5: That's now, why ta- he's on my list. Sorry. And, and if because... we're talking
2: trophies, are we including that Merv single handedly won the second leg of the Devils versus Steelers Legends game in Cardiff? In the tank? <laughs> he did. Therefore, he still had it. Yeah. 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 And he basically won the second leg, therefore winning the game. So are we counting that as a trophy as well? It's my one. team. So
4: yeah. 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 I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: JD, that's when you come in for coach of the uh, yeah, of yeah, the all time. Yeah. But no, that's why Merv's on my list because, sort of, until
0: your hockey watching becomes a little bit more sophisticated, you don't really pay attention to the opposition. But Merv Priest was always someone who, when we played against, I'd come away from a game and I'd have, I'd have noticed his influence on the game, when he, especially, you say, at that time at Basingstoke. So when we signed him, I was delighted. <laughs> Just try to get a cheer, a few
3: goals, instead of ruining my Sunday night before going to school on the Monday. A unique name. Have you got anyone else that comes into this? Yeah, I've got Doug McCarthy on mine,
0: on the basis that his third season was as a coach before yeah. leaving. So yeah. I don't know if he qualifies, but yeah, I, he, I think
3: we're going to have to just to stretch it on to my <laughs> stretch it then, on my six. So, so if, we, if we're not duplicating across nominees from other eras, we've got Vez, Ivan, Thornton, McIntyre, Merv, mm-hmm. and yep. Doug McCarthy makes us six. Oh, okay. So I'm I just going to recap. Okay, Super League era, including 2002, 2003, BNL. We've got Stevie Lyle, Derek Kolofsky. What a duo we've got. We've got Kip Noble. We've got Mike Ware. We've got Frank Evans. We've got Jason Stone. Mm-hmm. We've got Vezio Sacratini. Ivan Matuluk, Steve Thornton, Ian McIntyre, Merv Priest, Doug McCarthy. Yeah, awesome. Yeah? Let's go, let's go. Right, 2003, 2004, to 2013, 2014, okay. inclusive. Yeah. Okay. Again, we are, we're struggling a bit on the goalie front, aren't we? Well, there's only two I've got. Yeah, I've and one of them's already been picked. Yeah. So we've got but and again people well no, I've, again I've i'm okay hmm. interesting interesting. Oh, interesting okay so our go our, a our bk cup mm-hmm. um and that's not burger king that is british knockout cup um goal winning goalie mm-hmm. is fellows Air, yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah um who fantastic goalie It didn't quite work out in his last season with us when he came back to us. Uh, I don't think he was a big fan of the compact BBT. And I think having played the season, the couple of seasons or two or three seasons before in Norway on the huge ice, he struggled massively with the different angles, didn't he? I remember he kept on, like there was pucks going in from weird angles on him and that was just like the the, the compact nature. And he he struggled to readjust from that and that season was an absolute gong show anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, in the first spell with us, you know, oh, for me, for me, he's up there with Halofsky, you know, and Bounds as you know our our best I'd ever goalie. I'd actually
1: I I would actually go as far as for my opinion as a fan. I think he's the second best netminder to play for Devils.
3: First, being Ian Wright. Oh, Derek. Ian, Ian Wright. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Cowan. Mike
0: Cowan, <laughs> jump <John laughs> ball guy. Was um, a, it was the British Cup semi-final, actually, where we played in Ice Sheffield against the Steelers, and Ossea made a pad save that basically stopped the game from getting tied. But it is the best reaction pad save I've ever seen, and it got me on my team. And it was kind of that—you know, when you kind of know you're going to win a yeah. competition. It was almost like a derby fight or yeah. something like that. As soon as that happened, I just felt like, yeah, that's our competition.
3: And I think in general, Phil Ozer gave you confidence as a team that you, you had a chance to win every single night. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was consistent. He was, uh, yeah, great goalie and an even better person. Yeah. That still leaves us one goalie short. So, Gaz, I'm very intrigued to see who yeah, you yeah. Well, I was as well
0: until... What happened? I realized that Peter Aubrey only played two years,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so and he's think...
0: not eligible.
3: So does Joe Myers come Joe, in? Joe, Joe Myers, Myers, Joe yeah, Myers, greatest comes in. DJ in the world. Yeah, every good team needs a Great good room guy. DJ. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Jared Adams mentioned it on uh, when they were doing the draft, and yep. he's like, "Finna needs Myers to the draft one. Joe Myers, number one. Every room needs a good room DJ." and and uh, DJ Dead Puck is uh, is as good as they come.
1: Can. can I just so Joe Myers doesn't get just a, a cursory mention? The the first game and and Gaz, I'd always bow to you and Alid on this, but the first game I ever got to commentate as as the main commentator was against Nottingham in that horrible horrible season for us. But I think Nottingham won the league title that year, and we beat Nottingham with Joe Myers in goal because we had an injury. That and, and I've still got that DVD. And Joe Myers was fantastic that night. So, let's be honest, Joe Myers is probably not going to win that vote. But when Joe Myers was called upon, Joe Myers did what he needed to do for the Devils.
3: I want to also mention that during the 2010-2011 Guinness World Record year, that is obviously in our criteria, Joe Myers played nine games. Now, that's a lot of games during that iconic season. And his, uh, his stats from that season were goals against 2.17. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're near two goals a game, right. that is fantastic. And his save percent was uh, 90.8%. That's a hell of a yeah, contribution from okay. Joe Myers. Joe Myers has now earned his spot as our alternative choice to Phil our in our, yeah. in our uh, first Elite League era. There we go. Welcome in, Joe Myers. Welcome in, Joe Myers. There that's
1: we cool. are. Yeah. I don't know problem with that.
3: Okay, in our defense, so we've already had Frank Evans, we've already had Jason Stone, we've already had Mike Ware. Yes. So we've talked about him when we've talked about the great British D men that have been in the club, still going strong, Mark Richardson, pure class. Um, every single partner. I know he's only had the two in, in the, the latter years, but if you talk about Andrew Hotham and Gleason mm-hmm. Fournier, as we will later on, the first thing they mention whenever they get all the accolades is look at the guy I'm playing with next to me and it's Mark Richardson. And there's no, there's no coincidence that whoever plays with Mark Richardson is the standout D-man in the league. And that's uh, that's a, a massive testament to the, uh, to the skills and the um, the unselfishness and everything everything that's uh, the humbleness of Mark Richardson. And Absolutely we're going gracious. with him in sorry, this guys, era.
0: <laughs> sorry. But we're going with him in this era rather than the next era because, for me, he's still the young centre coming up through the ranks in this era. I don't picture him as the all-conquering
3: D-man. I think... I think the problem you get, and you know, we did say the rules at the start, they didn't necessarily have to win their trophies or do have True. their best years in that era. Um, I think I just added on that best years in the era a bit, but it, it was seamless. <laughs> um, I think when you get into the next era, and I don't want to sort of pre prejudge it, but when you've got the likes of Andrew Hoffman, Gleason Fournier, I think it's tough. Yeah.
5: So, I think it's a
1: great point, guys. I, I, I was going to say, just to mirror the Jason Soane story, you've got Mark Richardson as the centre. I put him in the next era because he actually gets my vote in the next era, and I love the fact that, for me, a British player got my vote. That The guy I'm going to throw into this era, because I, I would like him in this team, but he wouldn't get into the, the next era necessarily, is
3: Tyson Marsh. Interesting, yeah. So, Marsh is another one I've got down here. Um Again, like superb guy, superb teammate, um, did everything well. Um, t- turned into a, a great leader. I mean, Faulkner, who was a great leader himself, said the best captain I've ever had is Tyson Marsh. You know, yeah. so um and of course, you know, Marshy lifts our the, the first trophy of the new era, um, which we go on to. Okay, so let's I think. Hmm. Sorry, that wasn't meant to end the
1: Richardson debate. No, no, I just, no, no, my, no, no, no. Because I, I, think, I think love we... the fact, for me, that a British yeah. guy would get my vote in the new era, mm. i put Richardson in the other era.
5: Yeah.
2: But this okay. is the danger, is, is Fran, he says. There's so yeah. many great players in the next era, and Mark right. Richardson should not be missing out. If anything, yeah. you could say he should have two jerseys
3: from the two eras.
1: He's, he's Steve Marius, yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, 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 okay. So we might have to get tactical on this one. Well, just let's see what else we've got for this. Yeah. Or we're, we're so, planting okay. the seeds for the people doing the voting to be tactical. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So, another name in this era, who uh, again is a as a player, um, was an unbelievable teammate. a guy that you wanted on your team every night, that led the charge, that did all the the gritty, dirty stuff without looking for any personal glory. Who then went on to be um, an absolutely fantastic coach and, and held the club together through some sticky times, uh, Jared Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I am yeah.
1: I, I, um, sorry, I, I always just want to say because people will criticise me for being a, a hypocrite. there's certain people that, that that horrible season we never talk about. I I um I think the fact that G was given that year, you and and. You and Franny, uh, or Franny, you and G should have been allowed to finish that year. I wondered whether G had reached the end of his. So, so I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I wonder whether G had reached the end of his tenure in Cardiff, but I think G, as the player, was 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 my favourite player in Cardiff for the years he played here. I thought he was absolutely superb. He would, but he never lost a corner battle. He, for a guy again, you know, was stocky and maybe didn't look the most natural athlete. He could jump into the play. He could score goals. Let's not forget that role he played in the Challenge Cup final when we came back against yeah. Coventry and that tipping goal we scored. Um, so I don't want to be that hypocrite guy who 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 says that maybe I didn't think that G's tenure had come to an end, but I think Jared Adams should be lauded as a as a hero for Cardiff Devils. Yeah,
3: I agree. Uh, you know, I think through the when you look at this era, what he did as a player, what he did as a coach, and when we're talking about you know an all time team. I think Jared Adams is is a is a walk in for me, but uh, that's for the fans to, to to vote on. And especially when if it gets announced, we get to play the
2: the the, uh, the G song yeah, when the best the bits last of music. Saskatchewan oh,
3: absolutely, last Saskatchewan pirate that uh, myself <laughs> and Paul Sample came back from the Calgary Stampede and decided that was going to be G's song. There we go, a
5: bit of history behind it.
3: Because I okay. guess when he first started, sorry, Fred, just to
0: give a bit more of a, of a premise, a bit more. Uh, that first season he kind of used a forward, yeah, and he was brilliant at that. And it, I and for he, me, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't until he put himself on D. I think was when uh, he became coach, and that's when he well, kind of went up another couple of notches for me because he, I think the way he influenced the game from there and policed the game
3: was phenomenal. Yes, his natural position was D, so yeah. he's. Um, you know, he played for the Regina Pats, great organisation in, in Canadian junior hockey, and he was a D-man, and I think he held, he maybe still holds the penalty record for them. Um, <laughs> you, I don't know if you ever catch the tweets when you, you see legitimate heavyweight fighters. Um, what's his name? Somebody Parker, Derek Parker, Scott Parker. Scott one Parker. of the Parkers, Scott Parker. Yeah, you know, talking about how they loved watching G players and looked up to him because of how tough he played and blah, blah, blah always took on guys much bigger uh, than himself. Um, so he was a D, but he had that versatility. He could go up as a forward. Again, he would put himself in that position if the team needed it. Um, I remember one year, I don't know if, J.D., you'll remember it, we were so struggling with injuries. Yeah. Um, in the, the playoff semifinal, no, not the, the quarterfinals. Yeah. Our third line, was G in center? Yeah, or maybe he wasn't center. Maybe no. Did, Phil, did Hill did. Been, Phil Hill might be. Phil Hill might be center. It was me and G. and G. I remember. No, no. The year that I played it was yeah. me, Phil Hill, and G was our line, and we got two goals in that quarterfinal, and it was like, you know, it was such a thrown together line, and yeah. uh, but he so, just like, I mean, Phil Hill's obviously a, uh, you know, a, a talented player in his own right, but um, he had to do a role for the for the for his team. That night, and put himself up there on that forward line to to give Friends, us some depth. The, the story I
1: love, and I I, 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 I think I ha- I don't think I imagined this. So you can tell me this was before I knew you properly. I remember the season launch for that world record year, and you were kind of talking about why why you signed certain players, and you were talking about the, the fifth defenseman, and you said, "Yeah, I, I kind of went to Gerard and said I, I found this player, and he's 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 played you know x number of games." He scores, you know, 25, 30 points a season. He has 10 fights a year. He puts up a hundred and he can play this many minutes. And apparently G went, well, who's this guy? And you went, well, it's Jared Adams.
3: <laughs> it's a true story. So I, one thing that always bugged me about G is that he was too humble
4: mm-hmm.
3: and he, he didn't probably play himself enough for how good he was especially when the game was getting tight. He wanted to give others the opportunity. And the end of that season, before I had that conversation in the summer, um, he was like, I'm in an hour about should he play and um, dropping down the line. And, um, and he was always sitting himself out in the last like, 10 minutes of games when we needed him. If ever you needed Jared Adams the last 10 <laughs> minutes of the game, because he is going to shut that game down. Yeah. Um and I wanted to make the point in the summer about how good and how valuable he was as a player. And I, I did. I listed this guy's points. I listed the penalties and the fights and the guys that he'd fought, all these massive heavyweights, and he's fought this guy. And he's like, sign him. Do it. Sign him. Who is it? And I was like, Yeah, I think you know him. It's uh Jared Adams. And he, <laughs> I, I think you might have hung up on me when I said that. He didn't kind of, <laughs> of see the funny sign. No. I think that's <laughs> but, a great but story. It, but it was it was to make the point about just how much, how valuable he was to the team and how if he was signing Jared Adams, the player, he'd yeah. be playing him yeah. a lot more. So yeah, it is a true story.
1: Okay.
4: Okay. So I know we, we went go- on
1: about G there, but I think he's, we have he talked was- about him a lot on the podcast. So yeah. I think probably that he yeah. deserved a, a longer, yeah. you know.
3: Yeah. yeah. And someone, someone else that we must get on to talk about everything that he's doing now as well as his, his career. Okay. So G, we got a question mark over Richie because of the era. Um Tyson Teplitzky, one yeah. of my favorite ever teammates. Did he win a trophy? Yeah, yeah. he would have won the knockout cup Confirmed. The and Mark Smith and what have you. So was yeah, big yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, he did. Fantastic. Tyson Teplitzky. Yeah. I'd have him on our team today. He would be a phenom. You know, and you know, on this team, I mean, we used to ride him so hard in terms of ice time. You know, I remember. There's one particular game stands out. I think it was up in Hull. He must have played like fifty fifty two minutes that night or something ridiculous because we were down so many players. And then we ended up making him take a load of penalty shots as well, I think. And uh, <laughs> uh yeah, just an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable player, smart, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: And the best
5: player.
0: I think he would have been talked about in the same breath as Hotham and Fournier if yeah. he played at in, in similar times. I think he would have contributed yeah. a similar amount of points. I agree I with that.
1: And again, Patterson made him an A. He, I, you know, he was coming out of college and was wearing a face cage the year before he started playing for the <laughs> And then Patterson made him an A. So, I, you know, yeah, he he was obviously a guy that the players liked. I think, again, Don't. in terms of, like,
0: big games, where this stands out to me, that first... um away game we played in Basingstoke when the rink wasn't ready and we we had this totally new-look team and I think Toplitsky got himself a couple of goals in that game and I remember leaving uh, Basingstoke's rink that night thinking, that's that's the guy. Uh, I hope we've managed to find him in all of this mess (laughs) (laughs) that we've gone through that.
3: That that is a steal. Because he'd be leading the charge looking to try and get us in the game and then inevitably when you're chasing the game you give up a kind of odd man rush Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see the goal. And somehow he'd come out of nowhere and get back there and, and you know, win the puck back. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic player. Okay. So Adams, Toplitsky, mm-hmm. and maybe on Richardson. And, yeah, we'll have a look at the tactics around that now. Um, so then the <laughs> other guys I've got down... Um, you talk, We mentioned Tyson Marsh, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So, Frank,
1: yeah. I, I've got... I've got Burgoyne. I've got Stone.
3: Is there a trophy for Burgoyne?
1: Yeah, Challenge Cap
2: 2006. Challenge Cap. Did he drop it? Yeah, it.
1: So I've got Burgoyne. I've got Stone. And we've got to get Stoney in somewhere. I've got Adams. I've got Yeah, I've got Richardson. I've got Marsh. And then I've got the Smith brothers.
5: Yeah.
3: I've got the, both the Smith brothers down. You can also talk about Josh Batch in this era. You can talk about yes. Josh Batch in this era. Yeah. Um... I've, yeah, I've got the Smith brothers, Tyson Marsh, Batchy, Toplitsky, yeah. So, Jeff Burgoyne, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm losing which guys have won <laughs> trophies or not, especially I was teammates with them at the time. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, Jeff Burgoyne, 100, 100 100%, um, fantastic player, fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. Again, somebody that gave his, like the character, I mean, we used to call him like, well, not the mayor, but, you know, he was always kissing babies. But, you know, he was, he yeah. was that kind of <laughs> that celebrity. Yeah. People would just like hand him a child and have a photo. And, you know, he was just so, so, so popular, wasn't he? Um, and, you know, embraced it all and, uh, uh, was a great, great servant to the club. So, um, so yeah, this I'm now. going to
0: say something controversial about, but going down in terms of this list, I think he gets very close based on his relationship with the fans. Mm-hmm. But that final year towards the end, he was made into an auxiliary forward, and I kind of feel as the elite league was kind of going up, but he was maybe coming the other way. So I think in terms of weighing everything up in terms of talent and things, he wouldn't quite make my list but he I definitely crazy. think that there's going to be yeah. a sizable amount of the fan base that will want him mentioned because he's someone who any new fan that was going into a game, yeah. they would probably notice him for his, for his skating style he always used to skate with his tongue out <laughs> chasing out the fuck like an hungry dog yeah. like, he always looked like he really played for the shirt
3: but I do think right.
4: going
3: into so, the app, make my list. In his three, his first three out of his four years with us, he's our top scoring demon. And then, like you say, in that in that fourth year, uh, he played as a forward. He'd never played as a forward. Um me whenever I, whenever I see Bergen, he came over to visit uh like I say, not long ago now, it was probably ages ago, but um And we were talking about the time when he was that auxiliary forward. He played centre between me and Hilly, and we had so much fun because we could just play like maniacs, and he just (laughs) loved it because we were just like he was so full of energy, and you know me and Hilly were had energy too. So we were just chipping in, seeing how many people we could run, and it was so much fun to play. Um, but you know he had nine goals that year by playing as a forward, and he's now yeah. plays a forward, playing not even just chucking him up on the wing, chucking him as a centre because right. he was <laughs> trusted to do a reliable job in there. So um, yeah, I think it's a strong case.
1: I, I actually second uh, uh, Gareth's point, Gaz's point there. I love Jeff Burgoyne. I think we, we're going to go and talk about someone who was box office and probably kept the devil, Devils going when we talk about forwards, and that's Brad Voth. I think when the Devils, you know, had that year, the lockout year, the first lockout year where um, they needed to get fans back following that. I think Jeff Burgoyne was somebody you could sell the club around. I'm with Gaz in that he didn't make my final four, but I think he deserves a mention.
3: Okay, so we've got, uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think Burgoyne over Kenton and Mark Smith, as much as I love them and, and value yeah. what they did. Yeah, but are, are, does he? We, do, stay, does does he make... we
1: haven't spoken about him. Will we stay in He's a lock in for this era?
3: No, he's we've You're already selected. We've already selected him for the last era, did we? Yeah,
1: okay, we had Russell's Lawless and Chin as our three. He was Super
3: League era. Yeah. Was he Super League? Yeah, Super League yeah. demon, Noble, where Evans and Stone.
1: Okay, so being tactical, is he going to be voted into that Super League
4: team? I would, That's I would vote to, him in. So. It's not, it's not for us <laughs> to decide,
3: but uh, I would personally vote him in. That I, I would. I just wonder whether he will
1: be, and I think Jason Stone should be in this team. That's all I'm saying.
2: But the, we can say that about a lot of the um, the yep. players in the thing. And there's going to be a, a huge amount of players who would miss out, who would make individuals teams. Um, and this, the, and
3: this is where Hall of Fame comes into it eventually.
1: Perhaps I, <laughs> I, I agree, but the record appearance holder.
3: Yeah, and that's why to me he gets in in the Super League. Yeah, I'd vote him in. I vote him. Um,
1: I vote him in. I
3: would. And yeah, hopefully, people be will the be. Asshole,
1: I, I, I'm not sure he's going to get voted in in that Super League team. Mm.
3: But I, I, I think just... you make you make the same argument for Richardson in the present era team. Agreed. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he gets in ahead of Hotham or Fournier, even if he should. Agreed. Or, no, fair yeah. point.
1: Fair point.
0: Keep
3: in mind, guys. If you want
2: to campaign hard for
0: yeah. people
5: once the voting yeah. starts yeah that's so yeah. on you that's the that's well, the, you know well, i think yeah, if people
2: are listening while well, people will listen to this and the the view here from the, the the three esteemed my three esteemed colleagues is that jason stone would be a lock-in deservedly in the super league and you just hope that would be enough to to <laughs> to influence
4: yeah but people
2: it's people's opinions at the um at the end of the day and this is where these things are absolutely great. Um, and what the club are doing with the Jews is awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be, it's going to cause some great debates and great chat, um, which is all good.
1: OK, I'm just going to and campaign for Jason Stone. Put, put yeah, T- yep, T- I'm,
3: T- I'm T- going to get the placards out. Guys, up. if yeah. you're
1: watching this, please put Jason Stone in this thing.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> OK, so we are going Demon, Jared Adams, Tyson Teplitsky, T- Tyson Marsh Tyson Marsh mm-hmm. and then we've got one of Jeff Burgoyne
4: mm-hmm.
3: or Mark Richardson well, yeah, I, I think, think
1: Richardson should be in so it's your guy's call whether you think it's better I, for him to get in in this era
3: I tactically believe he should be in this era or era as we say over here Um because I think it's going to be tough for the vote to see through Hotham and Fournier in the next round.
1: Okay. I, I'm going to be honest. I, oh. I love Gleason, Fournier. I have him ahead of Fournier, but I understand your point. So why don't we put him in?
3: Okay. Okay. There we go. So that's biggie out. Honourable mention to Jeff Burgoyne. Yeah. Taint, tainted tainted by him doing a job for the team as a forward <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem to have gone down that well that's on you guys Gaz. Gaz, yeah, yeah. I said it was it's, controversial when I said it yeah. but it's it, no hey, you, you backed him up JD <laughs> yeah and co- his commentator's packed there for yeah so you've got a villain for, in every little part for the, rec- for the record um his teammates really appreciated him stepping out of his comfort zone into a role role that he hasn't done before for the benefit of the team and not looking for personal accolades (laughs) just just to get that out thank thank you jeff okay so that moves us on to the forwards um again some there's some really strong contenders in here uh and then some other ones that might be a, a bit more left field but uh I think there's only one place I can start when we talk about the forwards during this era, and that's the mayor, Brad Voth. Um, iconic figure for Cardiff, the face of the devils. I really feel he did more than anybody during this time to carry us through what was quite a barren, barren time, but obviously he was on those uh, two trophy-winning teams in this era. Um, and as tough as he was, he was underrated as a player, uh, always had 20-plus goals. Um, and, yeah, he, he was feared throughout the league. People tried to replicate him. Couldn't do it. <laughs> very, very unique. So Brad Vath would be my, my first suggestion. And uh, this is an era where, you know, there are guys who
0: come to Cardiff and have genuinely loved their stay. Yeah. But they have gone elsewhere. And as is their right, that's not a criticism to to maybe you know get you know get a bigger payday or something that they could at the time. I'm sure Vauf could have written his own check with a three other elite league teams anytime he wanted. Um but his loyalty uh, on top of the, the way he played as well really puts him up the list for me.
1: Yeah I I agree for, for for the sake of being controversial and, and as Gaz I thought you gonna say for the sake of being a knob then. <laughs> well, <that's true. laughs> Well, that, that too, Franny. But you know, you know, I know I'm already that. So the difference with me, I know I'm a knob. I I choose to remember Brad Voss from kind of that first season to maybe the the end of the the Jeff Pierce season. So you know, the year after, where, where I think he was unplayable. I think in his last couple of years, maybe he became a bit of a pantomime villain, and and almost. But I think Brad Voss should get credit for when the Devils had nothing to sell, there was no USP about the Devils whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Brad Voth was the USP. I think he was a great player for the Devils between the first season he signed and the year we lost the, the um, third playoff final to Nottingham. I think, unfortunately for me, his last couple of years, because I think referees targeted him and different things, he became a bit of a pantomime villain. Uh, and I think... I, I feel I felt for Brad Both a little bit in that sense. So I, I kind of choose to remember him from that first year to the the Jeff Pierce year. And I think what happened after that, it all got a bit messy.
3: Yeah. I, I there was no doubt whatsoever that um teams couldn't sign him because he kept turning them down and the only way that they could stop him was to get him suspended so there was reviews 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 I think some of the decisions are absolutely shameful that were made on him I, I, I look back at that Rod Saric in incident yeah. where he got the slash in where he literally gave him a, a tap on the back of the calf he had six games for that and then six games for a sucker punch when it wasn't he was Tapping him to say, hey, you better better yeah. be ready. So he's given him the warning. Then he's dropped the gloves and he's ended up with a 12 game suspension for that. It was hideous. It was, and it was just, he was, he was targeted. Um, interestingly, in that year where there was that difficult decision, like the, the most difficult decision ever, to um, take the sea off his jersey, because I'm not going to say he was removed as captain because he was always our captain, but on the ice, he was he couldn't stand near an official without getting a 10 minute misconduct. Mm-hmm. So we tried to take that off, that pressure away from him to try and let him play a bit more. And Mark Richardson, a young Mark Richardson stepped in, you know, and, uh, and took the C, which was a you know a tough thing to do. It's amazing during that year, he actually had 22 regular season goals, 22 regular season goals and three playoff goals, even during that horrendous mm-hmm. year. And, you know, he could have moaned and bitched about that decision and he could have shut up shop, you know, when the sea the was taken off his jersey because I know it hurt him massively. Um, it was being cruel to be kind because we knew that he he just wouldn't be able to play any shifts if uh, if he was a captain, but he didn't. He he just dealt with it like a man and, uh, you know, got on with it and put up a stack of goals, like a second best goal return for us.
1: Franny, Gaz, you you, you told me this in episode four. I always forget the guy's name. Who was the poor guy for Hull when we played the first game when when, when Richardson was the captain and Voth took out his frustration
3: on him? Michael Knight? No, no. Adam Knight Uh, was 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 the guy. Adam Knight was the guy that he fought behind the bench. That's right. Uh, So that's not the incident that you're on about. No, it's not. Um, I mean, there's it, it was a guy playing for Hull. And I remember...
1: Matt Miller was lining up next
3: to him. Yeah, yeah. Vath went and stood there, and the guy could have moved easily, I think, into the center spot, but he didn't, and he took his beating like a man. And Oh, who was that? Um, oh, and, no, I, mean, I, I mean, you,
2: you used to have a long term running with Derek Campbell. Uh, yeah. but it wouldn't
3: yeah. been him, but uh, I involved. just
1: felt sorry for that guy that night because that was a lot <laughs> of frustration coming out.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah it, it was, is...
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find who that is. Sorry, we'll um, fine do as soon as I see the name, it will all come flooding back. Yeah. Anyway. So, so the next pick that I've got down from this era, um, we've had him on the pod. Uh, so always nice to, to have uh, so a nominee that we've had on the podcast. So We've had Bez in the first one. Um, but again, a guy that made everyone else around him better and who um, really bought into Cardiff and is now his, his home, or, or Penarth is anyway, uh, Max Beerbryer. Yeah, uh, I think a huge player during this yeah. era, very very talented, um, and I think, yeah, he, he's got to be a a shoe in for um, f- for this list anyway.
1: Well, Frank, so, you 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 know far more about hockey than than guys or myself, hubs. I I defer to you as an official, but you know we we put him on our Devils' line of the decade. So yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Berbrey has got to get in, and I, all I would say about Max is. On a on a at a time when we were an under budget team and maybe couldn't compete with the four arena teams, when Max was on the ice, you you felt that there was a chance something might happen. You you felt there was a, a player on the ice who was either an equal or, or better than the players on the ice for Sheffield, Nottingham, Belfast, yeah. et cetera. And I think that's a a huge tribute to
3: Max Vieira. He he could make something ha- happen, couldn't? It? Whether it was his, I mean, he was such a smooth skater and puck handler. But also the massive hits, Max Boom Boom Beard The name says it all, you yeah. know, as coined by Matt Toe. He'll you know, he'll remind me that he he did uh, <laughs> he did pick that name for him and told Sully to announce it, unbeknown to Max, <laughs> and then it stuck. Uh, uh, so yeah, Max Max Beard for definite. Uh, another guy that was probably the slowest starter for somebody that's so <laughs> revered by the Devil's fans, uh, and again, like a, a McIntyre, there was people. Calden yeah. for his head, one of which I'll just Ryan. tick off my first three names here, Franny. By the way, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What, one of which was his own teammate, uh, Ryan Finity, um really? who's now a coach in his own right, came to me and said, "Franny, I think we can do a lot better than Stu McRae. And I was like, "No,
5: no, <laughs> this guy's going to be good."
3: He says it's twenty games, he hasn't scored a goal yet, and he hadn't scored in twenty games. And then the touch paper got lit, and he was phenomenal. Yeah. And in that world record year, you know, when we've got. Uh, him, Tyler Michelle, who obviously misses out on this under the three-season rule, um, and Sam Smith having a career year. Uh, Stu McRae, who you know had a hell of a junior career uh, and is still talked highly about in um, uh, you know in in that part of the world uh, for his junior career. Um, but he really came into his own then, didn't he? And then he came, went on to, to captain the Devils and moved from the third line straight up to the first line.
1: Probably along with Doug McEwen, the best backhand shooter I've seen play for the Devils. But Stuart McRae on his backhand side could finish as well as a Mm. forehand side. I remember a goal against Coventry in the playoff quarterfinals at the Big Blue Tent where he went top shelf. I forget who the netminder was, whether it was, uh, I'm trying to think who Coventry would have had. But Stuart McRae was was fantastic. He saw the ice. He was a big rangy guy. But I always remember him being as fantastic on his backhand side as he was on his forehand side.
3: Peter Hirsch, you were thinking of in Coventry. Peter Hirsch, thank you. And oh, yeah. Stephen Burns, you were thinking of in hell. Stephen ah, Burns, yeah, he's yeah. the guy that took. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, I, I asked you this off camera. He doesn't qualify, but are we are we going to take thirty seconds to to talk about Scott Matzka?
3: Yeah, I mean he. Uh, uh, If it was two seasons, then, you know, he he would be a a very strong contender, as would Mac Faulkner. I think it's only right to mention him. But, um, you know, Scott Matzka, um, we mentioned before about um, just the compete level on the guy was just insane. Uh, The best two-way centre, arguably, that we've had Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, he was as happy doing the defensive work. You know, he was that competitive. He didn't want any pucks on our net. As much as you wanted to go down the other end and and either lay on a, a backdoor chance for John Pell to tap in, um, or uh, or Max Beerbryan. Again, when we talk about balanced lines, we talked about Ian Cooper, Mario, yeah. and McEwen. Uh, that Beerbryan Matska Pele line was just it had it all, didn't it? it had the it I was going to big... ask you, Franny,
1: in, in terms of thirty-five years of Cardiff Bells hockey if you were to name three lines and that's a different podcast, would it be Maury and McHugh mm-hmm. and Cooper, yeah. uh, Martin, Morissette, Lord, Matt Capelli Debre. would they be the three iconic lines of the Cardiff? And, and, then, and then
3: you're missing out the black line of Hodge, yeah. Matulik and, uh, and Thornton. And, that's, Adam, that's... Hill and yeah.
4: Adam Hill
3: and Francis.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. He should have gone with that line in the playoff final, honestly. <laughs> it still bugs me to this day. <laughs> We owned the semi-final. Two goals we had. And, and, <laughs> uh, and, then they, and then players came back from injury and they came back. But anyway, back on, back to subject. Um, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's worth, worth remembering the, the contribution that, uh, that Matska gave to us on the ice. And uh, obviously, we always remember, um, you know, the, the fight that he had off the ice uh, to this day. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got Voth, Briar McCray. Yeah, I'm going to throw.
1: Go? Um, may, may I throw because I think he should be on this team, and it's a similar Mark Richardson point, And I'm being a bit tactical here. May I throw in Mr. Matthew Myers?
3: Yes, he's on my list definitely. Mm-hmm. So you got Matthew Myers p uh, in this era. Um, again, he's in for some tough competition in the the mm-hmm. present era. But you know, you look at my Uzi's trophy winning record and that's just not a coincidence because he's done it on two different teams um yeah a face-off specialist the next best thing to Ian Cooper in front of the net in terms of taking that dirty yeah. punishment to to give space to his uh, teammates what a powerful um,
1: guy to, to stand in front of that
3: yeah yeah and then adapted his game in his later years to play that fourth line role and there's probably no one else that you'd want in that fourth line role in terms of you know and i also think of um over the last year or, or two those penalty killing shifts where it's just been insane yeah. and, you know and it, you can see him come off the ice he's literally emptied the tanks and he can barely make it to the bench because he's given you so much in that sort of 45 seconds but uh yeah definitely happy to to have it in there uh, and I'm going to follow that up with another Welshman, Phil Hill. Yeah. yeah. Who Phil Hill, I mean, one. again, so underrated by by the fans. I think because he is six foot three, and he didn't drop the gloves every week. Um, he he did a fair amount of hitting, probably an underestimated amount of hitting, but he did throw loads of hits, and you know, it's something I think he did really well but what impresses me about Phil Hill um, is that he played on that second line for so long. Yeah. Uh, and whether it was with Finner and Voth or McCray and Voth, yeah. um, you know, playing the second line as a, as a British guy is, it was quite rare, isn't it? I mean, it's normally like a third line role, but you put him out there and it just gives you so much more depth. Um, and uh yeah, so, it's...
1: Uh, so, so, Franny, I completely agree, and, and helps Gaz, I'm going to bring you in on this. I think it's a Welshman shootout between... Because I, I tell you why. I, I would like this guy in the team. Again, I'm not sure if he's getting in the new era team. I'm going to nominate Jake Morissette. So, therefore, for me, it's a straight shootout, shootout between out. Phil Hill and Jonathan Phillips.
0: Um, Hillie would get my vote. Um, because I think he has a best story in terms of he was probably viewed as the the lowest prospect of Myers Phillips and Hill as they were Agreed. coming up. I think if you were gonna poll people as to who was gonna to make it, he was probably the, the one that would come in last. but through sheer sort of determination and perseverance, Agreed. he probably for a time was surpassing Myers, I think, for, for a little, for a two, three-year spell. Um, So I think that is a story, and the fact that he
3: scored some big goals.
5: Yeah. Really he did, big
3: goals. He did love a big goal, too. and like did? You know, the, the iconic celebration, he'd go in and he'd check the glass, he'd do the Ayatollah. Yeah. So that's going to be vote. John, isn't it, just doing the Ayatollah?
1: Hey, I, hey he gets my vote, but I think... Ju- I think I think Jonathan Phillips gets a bad rap because he's he's known as this iconic captain of the Sheffield Steelers. Franny, I, I'm not sure whether you mentioned it on camera or off camera. Jonathan Phillips gave a lot of years to the Cardiff Devils. He and did. He did. Yeah. Six, and think, six
2: years. And I think if you say it's the shootout and it's mixing over those areas, I think the point is that I think Jonathan Phillips has had a great ice hockey career, captain of GB and so forth and so on. But the majority of that success has come up in Sheffield. Agreed. Um, it's been... Nurtured and born in in Cardiff, but we're talking a shootout between two Welsh players to get on the Devils all-time team. It's Phil Hill for me,
5: Phil all Hill the for me. way.
2: But John, you can't. The, the the career Jonathan Phillips has had is one hundred and ten percent deserved, and the effort he's he's put in is again is is phenomenal um, for for a British player.
5: Agreed.
2: But I think Sheffield have seen the best of that.
1: The only other yeah, guy you've you probably got a longer list than me, Franny, and you have as well, Gaz. The only other guy I'm going to throw in for uh, a, and, and for me, he'd be an honorable mention, but but maybe you guys would think differently is uh, is Ed Patterson.
3: I've got him on my list too. I've got, got two guys that fit into that category, really Ed Patterson and Nathan Rempel. Hmm.
1: Gaz, do you want to come in on Nathan Rempel? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh...
3: I, Rems didn't make my list. Bless him. Um, <laughs> well, well, did he? Did he win anything, Cardiff?
5: Yeah, he very much did. Yeah.
3: Joking, of course. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It was he sarcastic. <laughs> um, but I
0: mean, yeah, I I think <laughs> if I'm going to take into account all of the games I saw Rems play and influence, I don't know if one or two games overtake. Sorry how I'm
1: laughing because I'm aware of the conversation Gaz has had with me prior, <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah.
2: but to be fair, I think it was uh I think it came up in the Vez podcast, Neil made the point about ramps and his um <laughs> i think uh, leading up to the challenge cup that he he used to go on streaks, I think it was wasn't it, and then yeah. he was fighting and then he got that one in in that in that one, so Rempel wouldn't be in this list for me.
5: If it was like iconic moments,
2: moment, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. different moment.
1: He, uh, you know, if you talk about Smith's penalty shot save, and yeah. and, and I don't know, um, you know, but then, then we'd have to put in uh, Super uh, Rob, League and what have you, right? And then Challenge Cup final would, oh. would get in my top five Devils iconic moments.
2: Yeah. So I was Robert Millette's rushing corner kill in the yeah. warm up in one game, um, but yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, that is an iconic, iconic
3: moment for sure. Okay, with, uh... so, so look, just getting back on track here. Stu McCray, Max Beerbrier, Brad Voss. Yes. Yeah. They're shoe-ins for me. Yeah. Matthew Myers, Phil Hill yep. makes us five. I second all those. And then we've got one of Ed Patterson. Mm-hmm. We're discounting Nathan Rempel on the basis of Gaz and Gaz, he, 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 Gaz, Gaz oh, pays the Gaz, bills on, oh, the, on the podcast. So, I, um, I, I, I
2: mean, that
0: if Jeff Begrine and Nathan Rempel listening, this isn't like a personal vendetta. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I, oh, can
2: know, we get a really in because that one year is a forward?
3: Yeah, I know because apparently he didn't do a good enough right. job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then. You could bring into this this era Jake Morissette or Andrew Lord or Andrew Lord.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've actually got Lord in my my new era team. Um, okay. But whether he get voted within, I think All Morissette as right. as the first captain to league lift the league trophy in twenty years. I yep. would like him in there, and I think tactically for me, he gets in better here. But um, do, I'll, do, I'll... do
3: you think tactically he gets ahead of McRae, Bear Brown, Voss?
5: No,
1: he doesn't, but I don't think he gets ahead of... <laughs> it's not a very good <laughs> tactic though. Joe No, but so I don't he think he gets him. ahead of... Um, and I know I'm spoiling it, but I don't think he gets ahead of Haddad, Volio or Olmer. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. That's it. Well, a... <laughs>
4: you haven't even mentioned <laughs>
1: Joey Martin. I've got to say I'm a huge... Well, Joey Martin's a lock-in. I've got to say I I'm know. a huge... I'm a huge Lane Ulmer fan and I'm campaigning
3: for Lane Ulmer. Yeah. Okay, right, what I propose we do is we lock in those five guys. Yeah. We're going to leave one spot open in our third era and let's move on to uh, the 2014-15 to the present. So Devils new era, new ownership, good times are back.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Goalies. There's two goalies that qualify. Ben Bounds Thomas Murdy, lock him in. Yeah, lock him in. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there, there it. In the defense, we've talked about these two guys already. Uh, gave it a little bit of the game away when we talk about Richie, Andrew Hotham, Gleason, Fournier, two of the premier offensive talents in the entire league of this era and
2: gleeson underrated in the years when hotham was here despite yeah. almost having Gle- those and then and
5: yeah he took a he ridiculous. took
3: a he took a back seat to half because that's what the team needed him to do yep. and then when andrew hotham went it was the king is dead long live the king wasn't it happy stepped yep. he goes next to mark richardson which mm-hmm. you know is is a is an influencing factor and he absolutely tears apart the league not just for the the scoring point scoring because he was in, in the running right up until the end for the top scorer in the league which I think Marty might have won that year. Um but he was in that but his plus minus one in yeah, year was something insane. like 52. Yeah and he, he led the league by a zillion. Um yeah with less time on ice than half yeah I don't know those stats how did you know those know.
4: <laughs> yeah
3: so those two have got to be locked in lock yeah can't say enough about those two. Uh, then,
1: can, can I just take this opportunity to say as much as I can about Andrew Hoffman? We're we're friends now, by the way. His, his
3: good, beautiful and wife, his, and his dad.
1: No, his dad hates me,
3: <laughs> uh,
1: and, uh, and rightly so. But his his beautiful wife brokered a, a lovely peace arrangement between myself and Andrew Hoffman, and we speak now. We're 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 good. We're good.
3: Good to hear. Good to hear. Okay, so. If we have selected Tyson Marsh in the previous era, and we've selected Mark Richardson in the previous era,
4: mm-hmm.
3: we are left with Josh Batch, mm-hmm. Mark Lewis, yes. Bryce Reddick.
1: Those are the three I had.
3: I where do you want so
1: so again I'm I'm just speaking personally. I think, and, and I have a little bit of fun about the fact that Andrew Hotham rightly didn't like me. Andrew Hotham, for me, is the best defenceman to play for the Cardiff Devils in that he was a game-changer. Not the best athlete. Gleason Fournier is a better skater and what have you. For a guy who could make things uh, happen for the Cardiff Devils, for the guy who played minutes, for a guy who was a game-breaker,
3: for a guy who could fight. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Andrew Hotham. And, and tell,
3: me, tell me this, JD. Has any player... That you you can remember, and you can remember a lot, gone out on such a high that Andrew Hoffman did with that game-winning goal in Belfast where, yeah. like you said, skating wasn't his strongest point of his game, no. but he cut through that team and buried it a, a huge, huge goal to bring that title. And then... Franny, game-winning, the goal the finals, huh? game-winning goal in the playoff final as well. Game-winning goal in the playoff final and in the league. Has any player in history no. gone out on a bigger high than Andrew Hotham.
1: No, for me the best, the best defenseman to ever play for the Cardiff Devils. So I think Andrew Hotham, um, I, I, yeah, not not a natural athlete, and I know Andrew that frustrated Andrew Lord sometimes, but mm. in, in terms of a game breaker,
3: competitive, uh,
1: you just a, a guy you wanted on the ice in those crucial moments. I, I don't think there's a more clutch player on defense than Andrew Hotham. But I respect him so much because his, his rightfully his dislike for me was so intense that even in Mark Richardson's testimonial game, when I was on the ice interviewing players, he was firing pucks at me. <laughs> Which I don't and That's, like what, you and that's why I he gets my much. vote.
3: I, res- I respect, the, the, I respect <laughs> yeah. the level of hate he had for me. That's why he gets my vote. <laughs> he gets my vote for that. <laughs> okay, so we got Andrew Hotham, Gleason Fournier. Yes. Um, is there any is there any, other, any other runners and riders for the remaining two, given that Marshy and Richie are already selected, so therefore ineligible for this era? i got
1: to I gotta give my props to Gareth Hewish, who three minutes into Mark Lewis's first game for the Cardiff Devils said this guy's going to be a hero for the Cardiff Devils. He, my, Gareth call. Hewish identified that in commentary uh, in the first game that Mark Lewis ever played. And I think Mark Lewis... Again, perhaps not the greatest. He hasn't got terrible foot speed, but in terms of, of what I think he, his um, foot
3: speed's good for, for his size. And I don't think his foot else speed's he does bad.
1: So. I think what he wants, I think his in, uh, his intensity. I think he's got an underrated offensive side, and of course, we all know about his physical side. And is there a guy in the new era who who who, who enjoyed playing for the Cardiff Devils as much, or wanted to be here as much
3: mm-hmm. as yeah. Mark Lewis? remember that game in Belfast. It was in the cup. Was it in the quarterfinals or something? Yeah. Where you got two goals. So it yeah. It's wrapped around. It's wrapped around. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought, I think, and it happens a lot. You come across from North America where you're fighting for your job. So literally fighting for your job if you're that size. And I think you come over to a different country and you're like, right, I want to play a bit now. And I think he did get into that kind of situation where he didn't really want to fight. And then all of a sudden, somebody poked the bear yeah. and he just got the eye of the tiger back, didn't he? And now you look at him and, you know, you calling out a guy like Gagnon or uh, Springer in Manchester, tough guys, Fitzgerald, who was the, you know, the lead Palich. bully, if you like. Um, yeah. Palich, And he's instigating those fights. He's saying in the handshake, Hey, you got to fight me next game. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's doing all those things and you just see that switch. He, he got that switch back, didn't he? as soon as like that, as soon as that fight is going on, helmet comes off. He's fixed on there. He squares off, and he mastered that kind of sneaky first punch, didn't he? And yeah. then away you go. Loved it. Two, let's, put him in. let's put him in. And
4: two I got to say,
1: is sorry, guys, you go on. Go on.
0: There's two uh, two things, mark' that really stick out. And um, number one is I will never forgive myself for not realizing he had scored the equalizer in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Final. Uh, I thought it was yeah, against Sheffield
3: Odile. yeah well, it floated in from the blue line didn't
0: he? Yeah. I'll never forgive myself for not calling that correctly I did not like this... to mention it but <laughs> <laughs> the second wo- moment for me is um, John I don't know if you remember this but we were down with the benches in Nottingham yeah you know, before the semi-final against Dundee yeah and Lou was there he with his headphones in. he had his stick over his yeah. shoulders he was doing all sorts of limbering up and we were just leaving after having a chat with uh, JB Ellison. And uh, I just looked at Lou. I went, uh, Lou, are you ready? I don't know if anyone who's <laughs> listening has ever spoken to Mark Lewis, but he is a, a laid back, cool yeah. cat. And he just looked at me. He just went, born ready. Born ready. Born ready. <laughs> I just walked into the locker room. That's Maddie. all he said. He was just proper in the zone. I thought, yeah, he's, he's got to be. I, I was going to
1: say, Gaz, you and I have had the, along with Alid, have had the privilege of um, speaking to or interviewing a lot of these Devils players. And Mark Lewis is a man who doesn't say a lot. But but A, he's a really nice guy. He, I, I love Mark Lewis. I think he's a, such a genuine guy. And if you get Mark Lewis to say something, it's always something that has meaning behind
2: it. He doesn't say <laughs> yeah, anything going to the say it, it's a man of few words, but the words yeah. he says yeah mean, mean an absolute lot. And uh, I think this this era we're we blessed with a lot of guys who've had two years. Um Trevor, Carl, and stuff, but Mark Mark yeah. Lewis loves the devils and people love him. He's very underrated in a lot of stuff yeah. he does.
3: And yep. for me, it's definitely in. Okay, so that's three. So then we got one out of Josh Batch and Bryce Reddick. Oh, and they're both, oh, again,
2: both DT, Swing's both been used as forwards, both been used as D. For me, I I, I would put the edge uh, to, to Josh. Is, I'd, um, agree. I would I'd agree, agree with that. And, and his, his work I, an outstanding um, contribution he's made to the club, and he's worked hard on his game, continues to work hard, and and does a great job. Um, again, uh, underrated.
1: Okay. I agree. I love Josh Batch. The reason I'm going to go Redick is because I think we could have this conversation in 10 years time and Josh will do another 10 years with us so could get in. I'm <laughs> going to give it to Reddick for, for two reasons. A, that Andrew Lord once gave him coaches' um, uh, coach's play of the year. And you know, I'm a big Andrew Lord convert. And and secondly, just that, that Gaz that celebration you always reference. in the in the uh, playoff semi-final against Nottingham and, you know, a, a guy who's five foot nothing, but would fight anybody similar to Mark Lewis. I've, Bryce Reddick is one of those guys who genuinely enjoyed being a Cardiff Devils, and I'm a Cardiff Devil. I'm not saying that's not Josh Batch, but I think when we do the 45th um, uh, all time Devils team, uh, I think Josh Batch is still young enough that he comes into that conversation. So I, I give my vote to Bryce Reddick.
2: My, my one story on Bryce Reddick, which sums up Bryce a, a little bit for me, is Nottingham playoffs when we won, the whole team. In the corner with the fans behind the plexiglass celebrating, the champagne going off absolutely everywhere. I think it was the year Bryce might have had the couple of issues on social media. But turned around, looked down the far far end of the ice, and Bryce was just sat there by by um on the on the boards by himself in the corner. I went down and and he said oh, how are you doing and he said I'm just enjoying soaking up, watching everyone enjoying this and celebrating what it was. Before then, going back in to join the celebration, but just taking that time, he just took that time out to go back, watch everyone, and that he was so, he was that sort of um, person. He was it was for everyone else and didn't look for the his own personal accolades, first and foremost. He was a, a team... And guy the other thing, Bob, I think
1: I think that's a great story. The the other reason I slightly give my vote to Bryce Reddick, and we've mentioned it about Ian McIntyre. Franny, you mentioned it about Stuart McRae. Bryce Reddick falls into the category of he had to work very hard to win the fans over. There was a lot of people yeah. who perhaps wanted to cut Bryce Reddick. And now I think if you ask people about Bryce Reddick, they say he was a guy who who, who was very, very popular in Cardiff. So to yeah. go from... I, um, for want of a better phrase to go from zero to hero, that, that's why
3: I would slightly give my vote to, to Bryce Reddick. You, 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 you make it, you make a good point because there's some players that are unfairly remembered for their maybe last bit in card and everything good that they've done is is forgotten, like Jeff Burgoyne uh, that we've discovered. <laughs> like 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 Brad Voth, how you talk about his last two seasons, yet you put up 25 goals, but um yeah. those kind of things. But um Reds is the other way around. Like you say, early on there was people calling for his head and it was, you know, it was horrific. Um what what he had to go through and uh you know that that kind of stuff has just got to stop. Um you know yeah. it, it doesn't do anything any good and we're we're seeing it more and more now but that, that's a whole another topic. But now, if you mentioned to Devils fans now that Bryce isn't with us anymore um, on the team, uh, they would probably say "Heart of a Lion." Um, nobody enjoyed scoring or celebrated harder than Bryce Reddick. Gave everything every time he was on the ice, and those are the things they would say. Nobody would go, "Ah, oh, I wasn't that fussed with him." People would say yeah. those those things. And when you look they- at the fan
2: bases, when they're uh, obviously we now got the the very famous Block Thirteen, they have songs for certain players, Bryce has always won them. I have an issue with that song where they keep going, walking along, singing a song, walking in a Bryce Wonderland. We skate on the ice. It always should be skating along but that's a minor point on that song. Um, but my point is that the, the fans took him to heart. They gave him a song and they recognised but it, t- it took took a while but it's, as Franny says no one should go through what he and um, Bouncy do a uh, uh, balance he went through again but that's a topic for another one but Gaz where are you on this? I
0: very very marginally my vote would go to Josh Batch Oof. for longevity Yep, um, carries over two eras and I think that's difficult to do yep. um, he's someone who's not let us down through Champions Hockey League uh, he's grown with the team Um You know, Bryce didn't get the opportunity to do that because he's only here for three seasons. Mm -hmm. That's not a slant against him. But I just think to come away from this list and Josh Bams not make it would be a a real shame. And I think it just comes down to that
3: seniority and longevity for me. Guys, I'm, yeah, I think, I think you make a good argument there. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, as as much as I, you know, could um, talk up Reds. Uh, if you look at Josh Batch, he came to us as a very young guy, Mm -hmm. and he has grown not grown physically because he was always huge anyway, (laughs) but but grown as a player into a GB international who's a big part of that GB team now. From being that you know, very young guy coming in, um, and he's gone through that nine years with us, nine seasons. Uh, where he's played a, a big part in every single season, played played big minutes for us, and it's guys like that that you need to have on your team uh, if you're going to be successful because you need that depth, um, whether it's on D, whether it's on forward. I think the uh, uh, I think as you just said about it about Champions League. Do you remember when him and Richie got paired up against the top pairings of the top teams in the Champions League because we always had the group of death. And he didn't look out of place. You know, they they shut them down. They did a hell of a job for the team that night, and that just showed how much he's elevated his game as the uh, as the standards got better. So, my 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 gut is telling me to edge with Batchi for nine years' service from coming from a young lad into the the guy he is now. You know, he's he's moved here. Him and Tash have bought a house. They, yeah. you know, they are devils through and through. And I'm not saying that Bryce wasn't because you saw the passion and everything yeah. that we talked about him, but. I, I, I'm him with Batchy, but I mean, he deserves I just... to be on
2: the. I think we said before. There's going to be the two. I think yeah. who most people would.
3: He's, he's not going to win it, be. is he? No, but...
2: but to be on that nominate, he fully deserves yeah. to be on 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 that that shortlist.
1: I, I I agree. The final two things I'd say on this, I, I agree on. I, I'm happy to go with Josh Batch. Um, I think he's a fantastic player first and foremost. Um, a little bit t- tongue in cheek. I think similar to myself in terms of um, Marisol's spouse, he's punching above his weight. So I, I think about <laughs> that. Cash is, is beautiful. I love his mum and dad, particularly care. that yeah, yeah, just yeah, super oh, guy. Um, yeah. and, and the other thing I'd say, just um, in terms of Mark Richardson, why I was going to give him my vote in this era, Gaz, you'll remind me who we we played against because you commentated. But Mark Richardson in the Champions League last year possibly gave the best performance. I've seen from a player of Cardiff yeah. And, yeah. and that's why I think Mark Richardson is a true Cardiff Devils hero because any level you've ever asked Mark Richardson to play at for the Cardiff Devils, he has excelled himself at. So, um, But but going back to Josh Batch, if, if he's getting the vote, I will very much sleep easily because I think Josh Batch is a great guy.
3: There we go. It's done. Batch is in. On to the forwards. The GOAT. You can't be the GOAT <laughs> and not get nominated in and uh, here's a question for you how long has Joey Martin been the GOAT do you know what the answer is yeah. ever since he was ever since he was a kid <laughs> boom boom
4: that's
1: fantastic
3: <laughs> you write that with your pics yeah? <laughs> there we go there we go I'm available on weekends yeah. as well.
4: Uh,
1: One hour and 48 minutes into that podcast. If anybody's listening still, that's, right, that's
3: right. Um, Joey Martin. We don't even need to, we'll have, we need a Joey Martin episode anyway. We'll have Brian Parker on it as the Joey Martin <laughs> fan club <laughs> secretary. Um, but uh, yeah, Joey Martin is in. Yeah. Um, right. Next suggestions, I think. You know, another guy that's bought into Cardiff and you know made Cardiff his home. And you know, the the passion and everything that you need to win championships, this guy has done Joey Haddad. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, yep. Joey Haddad's shoe-in for me. Yep. yep. You mentioned him, and we've still got this spot open, haven't we, in the previous era? Jake Morissette, most successful devil's captain. Um, I think he comes into this category of when people talk about Jake Morissette, they talk, they think about his last season,
5: yeah. where
3: his point production dropped off a cliff. The reason why, because Lauder was using him as the um, the troubleshooter for, for any line that wasn't End working, going. any line that wasn't working, put Mo on it and it got better, and then. Another line wasn't working. Put Mo on it; it got better.
1: It was, it was Andrew Lord's go-to in in an interview. And and Gaz, you know, you, you and I interviewed Andrew Lord a lot. He would always reference the fact if a line wasn't working, he would put Jake Morissette on it. And I think Jake Morissette, um as a team guy for the Cardiff Devils, uh, God Jesus, that guy did a lot. You know, and and then you think of the penalty killing, you think of the block shots,
4: penalty shots,
1: penalty shots. And the big goals, you know, um, you know, and, and crystallized by the empty net goal to, to, to bring home yeah, the playoff yeah.
3: final. Um, Jesus,
1: Jake Morissette did a lot for the Cardiff Devils. Yeah.
3: So, in his in his three seasons in the new era, uh, sorry, first two seasons, he was second and third in scoring on the team. Mm-hmm. Then he had obviously the injury hit season, didn't he? Um, and, and yeah, and then well, and then he still gets a bucket load of points the year after. I mean, he he was probably underrated in terms of his offensive production. But like you said, all these other roles, the penalty killing, the penalty shots, the no. the you know, if there was a face-off with a minute to go and you're a goal up, you're not putting him out there to win the face-off no. because you know he wasn't that strong, but as the winger to get out to the point man to start yep. the shot. And to block a shot and to do all that stuff, he's on the ice. Yeah. You know, he was a go-to man. Um, I I think very much we need to put him in in this era. And I think there's a great shout for him getting one of the spots. I really do.
1: My fear is he doesn't get in, Franny. And I think Jake Morissette should be in this team.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: but he'll be in your team,
3: JD. And that's... Yeah. Get any campaign going. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so let's if we pencil him in because we've got the option to bring him back into the other era, okay? So then we've got Matthew Myers in the in the previous era, so yep. he's out of contention for this era. Uh, two guys you mentioned, you often talk about them together. They joined the club at the same time. They joined from the same club in Italy where they'd won countless championships. Sean Bentivoglio, Lane Olmer. They were to me the what we were missing
5: mm-hmm.
3: and what we needed to get us over the line because we had that mental block that you see with teams that haven't won a league championship in a long time. You need leaders to come in with that experience to show the other guys exactly what happens in that final 10 games of the season when you're competing for a league championship, Yeah, what you need to do and how you stay calm and how you don't fall apart. Because you see teams fall apart so often when they're in that position. And the bigger the game got, the bigger Bentley's game got. And Lane Ulmer, big game lane, you know, not not a better nickname in hockey, I don't think. Yeah, big, <laughs> big, big game lane because he did it in the big games. I mean, when I first saw a first couple of tip-ins, you think, oh, he's got, yeah, he's got lucky on those. And then when he does it <laughs> 10, 15 times a season, like the hand-eye on that guy was fantastic, you know. I love the quote from Ben Tavodio because people say, Oh, God, I'd love to have seen Alma play, you know, five, six years ago because he's not that great a skater now. So when yeah. he would have been a better skater, he must have been amazing. And Ben, is like, No, no, he's always been like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's never want- skated.
1: Was there a better gate? Was there and you coached him, Franny? Was there a better guy down the stretch? Because every year we had the debate between September yeah. to December. Yeah. Oh no, he's a year too old.
3: He's a year too yeah. old.
1: Yeah. And then from January to April. Yeah, was, that
3: argument went away, didn't it? Yeah. 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 And and you know, there is an argument. Maybe he paced himself because you can't go at that rate for, you know, especially in your, your later sort of um your mid thirties, later thirties. But he knew when he needed to do it, and that was his experience calling on it. So uh, I, don't like, I don't like that kind of approach because mm-hmm. I believe that you know every time you step on the ice, you should give everything. I think, I, I'm not saying that he didn't give everything because I just think he was playing probably a smarter game in those yeah. early seasons that maybe um, not everybody appreciates. But you, know, you don't see him make any mistakes. You always see him make the smart plays. But then when it came to the stretch, like you say, I, I don't think there was a more dominant guy and him and Benavolio, I think we should be eternally grateful for for taking our team over the line, That's getting it. us that us that championship, because then it showed the others how it's done, and now they've got that that noose to uh, to be able to do that.
1: It's exactly that for me. And again, I, I tip my hat to Gareth Hewish here, who who crystallised it. Lane Ulmer and Sean Benavolio showed us how to win, and 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 don't get me wrong, it's a team game. And and we had a fantastic team, but we we got close but fell at the final hurdle. And then Lane Ulmer and Sean Benabolio came in and we won two league championships in a row. And I don't think you can, um, particularly Lane Ulmer, I think Andrew Lord always talks about the fact that he looked at Ulmer to keep the bench calm. Didn't often yeah. say a lot, but but if, no. if, if the bench needed to be calm when we were a goal down or something like that, um, as you can probably tell, I'm a huge Lane Ulmer fan. Um, you know, I, I, Gaz, you, you and I have talked about this a lot. Just how, how, how big an impact both of them, particularly Lane Olmer, but both of them had as a Cardiff Devil
0: Yeah, and I think what we were very fortunate that we get to be at the benches after games. And something that struck me about them very early on was they stayed level all the time. So. We may have just been pumped at home by Nottingham ate nothing, but they stayed here because they knew, well, we've got tomorrow, we've yeah. got next week. Same with getting a big victory. Let's not get yeah. carried away because we haven't actually won anything yet. Um, and yeah. until we do, we're not yeah. going to be satisfied. And you get that feeling that emanates from players when you, you're lucky enough to be uh, sort of around them during uh, after games and I think it was evident really from the first couple of weeks, John wanted that that when these guys came in they were comfortable, they were there to do a job, they were professionals and they were going to deliver exactly what the brief was at the beginning of the year, which is to get the Devils back into contention for a league title.
2: I think one of my biggest regrets for the the way the season ended last year is that Bente did not get the send off that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, Lane obviously um, did when he left, but but for Sean, um, I think everyone knew he was planning to retire towards the end of the season. But, but to him not to have that opportunity for everyone to show the appreciation of what he actually did for the club is. is I was good. completely
1: agree. And he was playing hurt as well. There's a Absolutely. Lot of people,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. There's
1: a lot of people. And, and, and Sean himself would admit that maybe he didn't put up the points in his last season he wanted to. Yeah, but if, if anyone had the opportunity to talk to him in the bar after the game, God he was playing Hertz.
2: Yeah, and I think that that influences my feelings on on that as well. Um, because yeah, you're absolutely right. He he'd been playing Hurts um, and he just he, and yeah, him and Lane brought that winning culture to the club and they he deserved um the right send off from from the the supporters and I'm sure they would have uh giving it to him, and
3: it's, it's one of the regrets of the way the season ended last year. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so we've got five, including the penciled-in Jake Morissette in this era. So we've got one more position. So there's three <laughs> names that I've got down there. I, I think I know...
1: Because I've got... I uh, Let's say Myers has gone in the last area, so yeah. I'll take Myers
5: yeah.
3: out.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go... My, my vote goes to Lord because I think he's yep. remembered as a coach, but I think as actually, he was a fantastic player and yep. I would give honourable mentions. And maybe these are some left field shouts to Chris Culligan. Yep. Luke yeah. Piggott for, for everything he's done for the devils and for yep. season number one and season number three, Matt Pope.
3: Matt Pope. Okay. I've got Culligan, Lord and Pope down. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, good shout on, on Pigsy for, for the service. And, uh, what, what a job that he did there. Uh, again, you know team guy, team first guy d- did anything that, that was needed from him um, and he'll be sorely missed. Um, but Andrew Lord the player because if you had Andrew Lord the player who wasn't the coach and you had that Andrew Lord that would start the game and get the tempo going, especially when in the big bt uh, in the big blue tent, BBT, um, you know, for that initial chip in, make the big hit, get the crowd on their feet. The other team, you just they just lost the will. And, you know, that won us so many games doing that. Um, you know, the passion that you show, we always talk about Andrew Lord and passion, that jumping out the penalty box in Coventry on yep. the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup uh, and scoring on the buzzer, um, yeah, I think he took, did he take the face off in the yeah, uh, Challenge, Challenge Cup, Cup final? Uh, big moments. Andrew Lord, the player, would have been a, a folk hero anyway if he wasn't and Kevin coaching. Noble fight. You, Noble fight, yeah. Kevin Noble fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, he had, you know, he had, uh, as a player, if he wasn't a coach is playing career. I think what what we're saying is, is overshadowed by the fact he was such a great coach. Um, So Andrew Lord, the the player on on that, I totally agree with Um, Chris Culligan, mightily underrated. And, um, you know, I think probably um, some regrets were how many times Chris Culligan got sat out the lineup because he was the easy option Mm -hmm. to sit out. But every Big occasion, we sat him out and we lost. It was because we sat Chris Culligan. That was, yeah, we we literally got rid of the cement, um, and that, that's what Cully gave you. I mean, it was in hindsight. In hindsight, a wonderful thing. You got some tough decisions to make. You know, we sat out Chris Culligan in the wrong the wrong games. We should have just given him the easy games off, and uh, and put him in every big game. But uh, yeah, very honourable mention to Chris Culligan, um, Matt Pope was the reason I knew we were going to win the playoffs because of that tear that he was on. Goal a game for like eight games in a row. I just knew if we had Matt Pope on that weekend, we were going to win the playoffs. And sure enough, he got us, you know, some big goals that weekend too. He also Um, said a 48th
0: goal in the playoffs. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two playoffs where he's really influenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I think so. and, he, and he
3: did. He did have that dip in the second season, and I think you know a lot of people will remember that. But uh, again, you know, he he didn't just kind of quit on it. He fought no. back and you know played some big moments. So uh, yeah, the honorable mention. Still nowhere near enough to to get Andrew Lord out of that spot. No, as as long as we're happy with Jake Morissette in this lineup, rather than up against Beer Breyer, and Voth. So if we still got a spot missing in the last era. We have you- in. We we've got, so we've got Haddad, Martin, Lord, Morissette, Bentivoglio, and Alma as our six for this era. Okay. And then agree? for the previous era, we've got Hill, Myers, Voth, Vibriya, McRae, mm-hmm. and then we can throw in Russ Romanek, Ed Patterson, um. And well, Lord and Morissette, we would take out. So it I'll would throw be...
0: another one in there. I don't know if, as a devil at the time, maybe not. But Ben Davis qualifies. Yeah, I mean, I've
3: I've written I've him down because ben. he he qualifies because he was on the world record winning team. Um, I actually think that's. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons we didn't win the league is because when Tyler Michelle got suspended, yeah. Ben had already, you know, he was mm-hmm. frustrated and not playing and he, he, need, he wanted to, to get playing. So he went off to Basingstoke. Had Tyler Michelle been suspended in, I mean, that was a travesty again in the suspensions, <laughs> five games. for, for Calman, that, You know, Calman. Hey, you had your it's chance, chance
1: Frank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know.
3: I know we changed the subject and I never got to, <laughs> never, never got to go after him for that. But uh yeah, I mean, Ben Davis it was just so unlucky that Sam Smith had to, you know, happen to create such good chemistry with uh, McRae and um, Michelle. Um, but I don't think he's done enough as a devil. Okay.
0: That was um, my, my... Yeah, because you think
3: about, you know, he's he's he developed through us. Then he, you know, went off and did other things in Glasgow and in uh, Guildford and the like, but uh, not enough as a devil. So, um
1: I'm quite happy to put my head on the block for for the, for the fact of player captain winning the Challenge Cup and that difficult first half a season in the big blue tent. Uh, I give my vote to Patterson. Yep.
2: Yeah. Oh, is this where we get Neil Francis in? No,
3: I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not make anywhere near this.
1: Offer, <laughs> I I would vote for Franny all day long, but yeah. he's yeah. taking himself out of the running. Um, uh, have, I, I don't think Patterson's going to make the final vote no. uh, or, I, no. I agree
2: with you from the, list the no. other side yeah. but
3: I, I would say Ed yeah okay there we go so we have got one more job to do and I know this has been a long one uh, <laughs> the the coaching teams or coaching <laughs> slash management team so we have got to put there's going to be two final choices so I guess we've got to go with four names John Lawless speaks for itself, the man that created the club, yeah. managed the club, coached the club through the early success and you know built the foundations to, uh, to the great club that we've got today.
1: Franny, can, can we make special dispensation, though, that if Lawless doesn't win a vote, he's honorary GM of this team? Because I think maybe he deserves that right.
3: Let the fans vote, JD. Fans vote? Really?
1: We're not going to
3: make an honorary GM? I I think he should be and I think the right outcome will come from the fans.
4: Okay.
3: It's a direct threat to the fan base.
2: Yes. <laughs> so we all go oh, round to Todd's and plead for one <laughs> position. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, and because I think, I think, yeah. and, and, I, I, and
5: think
3: I think his legacy speaks for itself that you you associate the foundations of the Cardiff Devils with John Lawless. Yeah. I, th- I think he gets in that. Yeah. Then you've got At
1: this point, even though he he outed himself on the last episode as not my friend and and rightly so, do we, do we need to give a special mention to Todd Kelman as as uh, an honourable mention as GM? I,
3: I don't think he'd want that. He's put it he's put it down as a coaching duo. He, he's asked for a coaching right. duo on this, so I, I don't think Todd would would want that. He's a he's a very humble guy. Well,
1: I'm going to begrudgingly so, thank you him for bringing something <laughs> it.
3: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um then you've got Paul Heavey, the man that won the Super League, um, you know, uh, went from a, a good captain into an assistant coach role into the head coach role. And, and, you know, quite often it's when a club starts falling apart is when their cornerstone goes. And that was lawless. Um, Heavey took up the reins and we won the Super League. You know, that's a great achievement. Then you've got Gerard Adams. Um, who in the most trying of all the eras and all the situations um, he kept us competitive Um, as a, you know, as a player, he did great things, but as a coach, you know, when you speak to guys that played for G, they loved playing for him. He gave them the freedom to play. He put structure around it, but he trusted his troops to go out and deliver. And they did that. I mean, our budget compared to some of the other ones was nowhere near um, the where, where we ended up in the league table. Um, we punched above our weight time after time after time. Nobody will ever appreciate how much we did that. Um, you know, we didn't have all the injury replacements the other clubs had. Tough times. G kept us competitive. He kept hockey going in Cardiff, in my opinion. And then we've got the guy who we've already spoke about as the most successful um, coach of the Devils um, who's... Uh, you know, led the new era and, you know, nine trophies in six seasons or whatever it is, you know, unbelievable. Andrew Lord. Any yeah. other shouts? Any other shouts for, for the coaching positions?
0: I mean, the only other one that would come close would be Ed, I guess, because
2: he's got a trophy on his CV.
0: Yeah.
3: Brian Cannon, wish um, would
2: be in, a, um, in front of Ed. I don't think you can look outside those four. No. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, let's lock those four in for the two coaching positions. Coaching slash management positions. Fred are, are
1: you going to run through it from the top now, so we can clarify? Yeah, what? let's go.
3: Let's go. Okay. Six to two thousand twenty-one. Where are we? We've got the, these are the uh, the shortlist. So we've got Jeff Smith, Jason Wood in goal, Shannon Hope, Stephen Cooper, Paul Heavy, Derek King, Steve Morrier, Doug McEwen, Ian Cooper, John Lawless, Nicky Chin, Hilton Ruggles. That's era one. The second right. era, known as the Super League era, Stevie Lyle, Derek Rolofsky. On defence, Kip Noble, Mike Ware, Frank Evans, Jason Stone. On forwards, Vezio Sacratini, Ivan Matulik, Steve Thornton, Ian McIntyre, Merv Priest, Doug McCarthy. The third era, so the first ISL era, Phil Ozer and Joseph Myers in goal. Then we've got Jared Adams, Mark Richardson, Tyson Toplitsky, Tyson Marsh. And as forwards, Phil Hill, Matthew Myers, Ed Patterson, Brad Voth, Max Beerbrier, Stu McRae. And the uh, new era to present is Ben Bounds, Thomas Murdy, Andrew Hotham, Gleason Fournier, Josh Batch, Mark Lewis, with forwards, Joey Haddad, Joey Martin, Andrew Lord. Jake Morissette, Sean Bentivoglio, and Lane Ulmer. And our choices for coach, shortlisted, are John Lawless, Paul Heavey, Gerard Adams and Andrew Lord. There are some debates there. (laughs) Good job, fellas. And it just goes to show how lucky we've been as a club over the years to be blessed with all these players and uh, all guys. I mean, these are all guys that have been here for at least three seasons and won trophies. Some clubs never win trophies. Some clubs never have guys stay for three years. And we've got all these great names that are ingrained in Devils' history and they've given so much to our club to make it what it is today. So very well deserved for all those that are in it and all the ones that uh, we mentioned and some we didn't mention um, who have contributed to uh, to the success of the Devils over the year in some way or another.
1: And how old, uh, how old do you guys feel? I remember my first game against Bristol Phantoms in 1986 and I saw the article saying... Thirty-five years. How old do you guys all feel?
3: <laughs> I'm just annoyed you can remember that far back because I'm going to. I was uh, yeah. first game, Ashfield Islanders, is the first
2: home one. Were you? Are you a day yeah, one. I'm day one. Humberside
3: wow. Seahawks in 1995. There we go. Wow, that's a that's a mammoth episode. And uh, over is. to the fans now. So we'll we'll get some uh, we'll get these out there. The uh, I believe the Devils will launch a voting form on the website and then via social media that you can download and then email in. The instructions will be there. Um, we'll have all the side by side selections. So you, you'll get your picks for each era and the overall votes will be named as our team, a Devils all time team with two shirts printed. And like I said, I've seen the shirts. Uh, These have never been released before. There's something special. Um, We will, where possible, get the player to sign a shirt, one for that winning player, the the players included in the team to keep, and one to come back for us to, I don't know whether it's an auction or raffle or something, but there'll be an opportunity for fans to get their hands on these jerseys, which will be uh, very, very unique. And I think we're going to put our selections
0: up prior to the voting, I believe, gentlemen. Oh, I think we'll wait,
5: selections. Now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, put our head above the parody and uh yeah, we'll get our campaigns going. I was gonna say there's we'll a lot of campaigns.
1: We we're going against each other. We're we're we to campaigning to, to win. So uh oh absolutely may, may the best man win. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah and now producer hubs has got a hell of a job to do to get clips of every single player <laughs> to be nominated. <laughs> yeah.
2: This one might not have
3: one. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: great episode
1: guys enjoyed that thank you Yeah,
0: indeed um, it's been a, a long one we'll um, be back with uh, an update on how the voting's going and uh, we'll lock in a, a few more guests I guess we're uh, checking along nicely here on behind the bench and thank you all for your support and for listening to the episode about our biggest listenership since we come back um, so thank you very very much for that, they've been purders uh, of episodes, to be honest. And um, if you manage to get to the end of this Ben Hur edition, then uh, you deserve some form of medal as well. <laughs> With apologies to Jeff Begard and Nathan Remple, <laughs> and to uh, Rick
1: Provance, <laughs> I've been joined by uh, Mr. John Donovan. Uh, great episode, guys. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, just to echo Franny's point, what uh even with some downs along the way, what a, what a great 35 years it's been. And
3: I've been joined by Mr. Neil Francis. Yeah, I echo all that. It's uh, yeah, good, good to look back and uh, remember so many fantastic servants to the club. Producer Herbs, can you please hit play on Brass
0: Bonanza's? What everyone's been waiting for? <laughs>